Ash are you guys remember? Rise and shine. Well, a very heavy, uh, heavy duet. We had a very Darison bite. Let's go ahead, Terrace Chase, and let's go to the, the heavy pet. Hello. Um, I'm back, recording. Stupid whores. <laughs> We still need to figure out what one we're brain gonna, cell. What we're gonna call our audience. Jesus. I like stupid whores. Wait, what is you call oh I think, they said fat whores. <laughs> dumb fat sluts. Yeah. Our dumb fat sluts. When we finally uh do a live show, we'll just be like, How are dumb fat sluts doing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Nick just wants to get canceled so bad. Two thousand twenty one year old girls are just like ah! You think 2,000 people would ever like us? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's do a little callback to, I think it was episode three, when you said, I don't even know three people. <laughs> or perhaps that was me. No, no, no. It was, uh, <laughs> I don't even know 13 people. <laughs> three reasons why. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But no one listened to that episode, so it doesn't matter. Um, um, anyway, welcome back to your hi. favorite Subpar podcast. <laughs> I'm your Welcome host. back to your middling show. Um. <laughs> What's up, all 61 unique listeners? How is it being a beautiful train wreck that you are? I don't know what I'm on right now. If you're here and you're one of the 61, um, I just say good for you because it's always fun to be like one of those people who can be like, oh, yeah, like I listened to that before it like blew up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those That's 61 true. people, it's going to go. To, it's going to get to their head very quickly. That's true. You okay. know what's embarrassing? How do you think New Zealand listener is going to feel in a couple how do you years? Think, how, how do you think? Um, Hello, France listener and Netherlands listener. The fuck? How, how did you people find this podcast? <laughs> I don't like it. They were like. Um, stupid American whores. <laughs> Our <laughs> podcast just popped right up. <laughs> they searched um, it on Pornhub and this came up. Should we put our podcast on Pornhub? Yes. We should record our Zoom like this and put it on Pornhub. Be like, dumb bitches get railed by their own <laughs> words. <laughs> What's up with you, Nick? What's good? It was a pretty, like, this weekend compared to last weekend when we recorded episode five, um, I was like on one during episode five because I was so pissed off this time. It's a like people were a little less crazy, a little less rude this time. Is it just getting mundane? Nice. <sighs> it's always been mundane because uh-huh. I hate, I absolutely hate jobs where I'm doing the exact same thing every day. It is utterly soul sucking. Um, and that is why I cannot, I have to do like I career wise, I need to do something creative where I'm doing something different every day. Um, and that could include like an office desk job where I'm doing something different every day. Like I'm not talking about yeah. like, where, like I'm not talking about like, I need to be a skydiving instructor, like <laughs> or whatever. Like I'm not talking about that like, would get any, old so fast. You're like, that would get plane. old. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I won't pull the shoot this time. Jesus. Your life is really in those. If those guys are suicidal, do they have to do like mental illness checks? Suicidal skydiver instructors? Oh my God. That's our next short film. Should we call our listeners, our fans that? What's up, you suicidal skydiving instructors? (laughs) That's our next short film after um, 
the adult store prank call. <laughs> it's a sequel. It's a, oh, okay. It's a sequel. Oh my God. The <gasps> worker, the like <gasps> person who answers the phone, she yeah, yeah, yeah. is so fucked up from her experience that she then goes on to, she's like, I need to like find a new she's career. Like, I have to she move moves, on. She moves from the Midwest to San Diego to become a skydiving instructor, but she's, and still, she's haunted. still haunted. Oh, our, this brain cell our is in <laughs> She's still haunted by the memory of the voices. And every time she goes to pull the chute, she hears, hello. And then she, one day she just doesn't pull it. And she dies. We'd have to, we we would have to find a really brave actress who's like willing to die. Um, (laughs) What if it's a bad, like, what if you don't get it in the first take? Recast it, reshoot, start from square one. You know, then we just mop, we mop her up. Stuff what we can back together. Oh, <laughs> just throw it back out. <laughs> throw it back out the plane. <laughs> oh my god, we're about to get canceled. Quick, uh, restaurant corner. Um, just like quick story. Quick story. We love it. Um, so I've been there four weeks now. I want to say it feels um, like a lifetime. It really does. So I've been there. F- yeah, I've been there four weeks now, and commonly known as a month commonly known as a month however i do measure my jobs in weeks like it is a baby and (laughs) i've been with the company for 58 months 58 weeks whatever side note if a new employee asks you oh how long have you been here and it's like the gap or something also gap doesn't have a the in front of it i don't know why i did that if you're working at gap why do people call it the gap i feel like it used to be called the gap is this like a mandala effect thing? Uh, maybe. Um, so anyways, if you like work at the Gap and a new employee is like, oh, how long have you been working here? And you put down whatever you're folding and you look up and exhale kind of a w- sigh of wisdom, <laughs> faux wisdom. And you say, uh, I have been with the company it's kind of complicated. Um, I was here 10 years ago for about three years. Took a little bit of a break, tried something else. Um, and now I've been back here for about about 18 months. Has this actually happened to me at one of my retail jobs? I'll never tell. Are you sure you're not just directly quoting me when I worked at Banana Republic for two years, then quit for a week and a half and then came back and was like, oh, sigh. I didn't know you did that. What? I didn't know you did that. I had a mental breakdown. So I, for some reason, hated that job. For, like, in retrospect, it was the cushiest, most yes. gentle, loving job of my life. You didn't realize how bad it was about to get. I worked like 10 hours a week. I had nothing to complain about. I was a child. And I was like, eh, blah, blah, they make me wear a jacket and cover my spaghetti straps. I can't show my bra. It was ridiculous. So I was like, I'm quitting. And I went and got a job at this absolute hellhole that I will not disclose where or what it was. Tell me. I don't even know what that is. Okay. It is a store that I drove out of town two hours every day to get to. I got paid for my drive time, though. I can't complain about that. I got paid. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. It was actually in Portland? Yes, sir. I was driving every day and I because I was stressed out because I had to pay my rent all of a sudden. And I dropped out of school pretty recently. And my parents were like, we cannot keep paying your rent. And I was like, I need to like start supporting myself more. My 10 hours a week at Banana is not going to cut it. 
fuck, what am I going to do? And then I had a friend who got me a job at a place that I will not disclose where or what it was, but I did have to drive two hours to get there every day. I got paid drive time. So that was like part of what like tricked me into it. However, yes, I was fully having a mental breakdown. And then I'd been there for like three weeks, maybe a month. And I had quit banana. I'd put in my two weeks and I'm pretty sure I'd already had my like, no, I, my last day at banana was coming up and I was driving back from said other job. And I was like, have this like real, like moment of like realization where I was like, what am I doing? I hate it here. I'm going to be miserable. Like this is not sustainable. I need to go back to banana. And I called my GM like freaking the fuck out. And I was like, can you please rehire me? I'm like actually freaking out. And she was like, yes, but little did I know it was because they were shutting down. (gasps) So Because two months later they announced Mm. they were closing (laughs) and she's like, yeah, we needed all the help we could get. And that's all you need to know. But literally, there was new people at the time, too. And they'd be like, oh, how long have you been here? And I would be like, well, it's almost three years. But I did have a mental breakdown and had to leave for three weeks. Like, And they're like, okay, is there a discount on the traveler pants? <laughs> literally? <laughs> no, that. there's never a discount on travelers. Um, Correct. Along with suits. Okay, so at the restaurant this weekend, um, just like a quick little restaurant corner there is a guy, there's a guy that, um, every weekend that I've worked so far, so all four weekends, he and his family have come. This man is a regular at this establishment. I'm so sorry. If you're a regular mm. at a chain restaurant, you need to reevaluate your priorities and think about your life. We have multiple regulars. Usually it's families. Usually it's families with kids. It's Los Angeles. Yeah. There is yes. a plethora of food for every taste, dietary restriction, lack thereof. Like, what? I, I do not, I don't understand. Nick doesn't work there, at yeah, a Chili's, there, but why the fuck would you go to a Chili's when there is literally every other kind of food you could ever imagine within the block? And if you want, like, Chili's-type food, whatever the fuck that is, like American... You go to Takaya. Honestly, American chain restaurant is its own, like, category of food. I will say, have you ever gotten fucked up at a BJ's while your best friend is getting broken up with over text? It hits different. Shout out Connor. What's good? (laughs) Clary's like, that hasn't happened to me, but it will happen with me and Nick one day. (laughs) Like Like it hasn't happened, but doesn't it sound fun? (laughs) You're like, Nick, your first boyfriend will break up with you over text and I will be there with you in a BJ's. Um, and I'm like, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Nick, when you find love, it will be ended in a BJ's over text. Well, I am pounding Moscow mules. It'll start with a BJ and end at BJ's. Um, <laughs> that was a cheap joke and I liked it. Anyways, this man is a regular with his family at this establishment. I said it at this establishment that I work at. <laughs> <laughs> What if I got sued by them? That God, I would piss myself. Um, We've never said where you work. If they were like, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Could they sue me? Probably not. So this man is a regular. He's He's been here every weekend uh, with his wife and kid. And the first three times that he's come, 
he just walks up to the host stand and he's like, Hey, uh, checking on, uh, checking, uh, checking in on, uh, how long our, our wait's going to be. I'm like, Oh, well it's a 40 minute wait right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I put my name down and I'm like, when did you do that? And he's like, uh, about 30 minutes ago. And I'm like, so I've been working here for two hours and I haven't left the stand and I haven't left the stand for the past hour. I was like, I haven't seen you today. And he's like, I gave you my name and my number like 30 minutes ago. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I can put your name down now. Is that okay? And he's like, okay. And he's tried that three times. Scum of the fucking earth. Luckily, the first time it happened with my manager there. And she's a very no nonsense, no bullshit person. So she was like, we don't have your name. I can write it down right now. And he was like, okay. He like shrinks down. And then he tried it with me. And I was like, no, no, no. Anyways yesterday yeah yesterday this kid comes up to me and he kind of looks like a mix of manny from modern family in the early seasons okay and the boy the main boy from spy kids in the first movie oh god i can picture him kind of a cross of those two i love it and he's wearing glasses that have like like medical tape like on the side like where the arms reach like the actual like lenses of the glasses. Does that make sense like right here at the corner? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. So like those are like really taped up and he comes up to me and this kid is like an unintentional cosplayer. So he comes up and he's like, "Um, Hi there. Uh, I was wondering, sorry, this is probably like a really weird question, um, but I was wondering, <laughs> he did not do this. Physical comedy, Nick. Physical, Physical comedy. comedy. This is in fact um. a audio <laughs> thing. This is not an visual. auditory, this is an auditory experience. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. Auditory experience. With unfortunately, you cannot see us. He's like, um, sorry, this is probably a really weird question, but, um, I was just wondering, uh, how long the wait would be for a table for three? No. And if I was younger and more immature and had less empathy, I fully would have made fun and bullied this kid. However, knowing his father, who is the regular. Shut up. No. I decided to forgive him uh, because this kid has a very shitty life having that guy as a father. What's the mom like? Tell me everything. Quiet I, me. I, I can't even picture this woman. I do not know what she looked like. Nice. Anyways, so I'm like, yeah, Um. so it's about a 35 minute wait right now for a table for three. Is that okay? And he's like, um, 35 minutes? Uh, yeah, yeah, that should be okay. And I'm like, okay, can I get your name? And I get his name. Side note, it's my dad's name. <laughs> Which Wait. is a weird name for a kid. This can I say age. your dad's I'll, name? I'll because a child named Jeff doesn't make any sense. It truly doesn't make sense. Because this kid was like 10 or 11. No. You think it's actually spelled like Geoff? No, because he spelled it for me. He's like, Shut up. It's, it's Jeff with a J. J-E-F-F. Jeff the cosplayer? <laughs> no. Jeff. Cosplayers should not be named Jeff. Jeff the unintentional cosplayer. 
So I'm just like, okay, Jeff, it's going to be about 30 minutes. And I'm like, and can I get a phone number? And he's like, um, okay, three, one, zero. And I'm like, okay. And then he gives me his number. Give us his number. Let's all call him. I don't know. Everyone's area code is either 310 or 323 or 818. Um, you guys start dialing. Start. <laughs> <laughs> we will try every family in Los <laughs> Angeles County. Find Jeff. <laughs> Well, I know, I know this kid's name and I know his dad's name. So like that really narrows it down. TBH. We could find him and kill him. About 20. <laughs> uh, listeners, we are asking you to go murder. These Especially you, New Zealand listener. You know your mission. New Zealand, France and Netherlands listeners. You guys must team up to form <laughs> a, a trio of assassins to kill people who have wronged me and <laughs> and the list is long check the episode description for names it's just like bleep 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 what if we didn't bleep a we just have bounties <laughs> <laughs> we're like I'm this is getting bleeped I'm like ten dollars seven dollars Five twenty-five. Uh, we should price. We should price the amount that costs. <laughs> oh Depends on how big of a tube you get. I mean, they can only get so big. <laughs> Have you ever seen some at Costco? Ow! You know what I really? Want? Oh my god! Are you okay? I'm good. Costco. I'm, I'm looking to order in bulk i do injure myself frequently um <laughs> oh i just anyways, thought something so jeff the unintentional cosplayer scurries away to his family and, and scurries he's like he he's like, he's like i just got my quest fetch and now <laughs> i'm <laughs> he's like i must go check my inventory oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go craft something at Sugar Factory. 20 minutes later, I see this regular come up. This man who's tried to fuck me over many times. And Can we give him a name? He's like, I'm going to want weekly updates. Uh, Caesar. What's his name's... Really? Anyways, he comes up to me and is like, uh, hey, checking on uh, how our reservation's doing. And I know, and I see him and I know his bullshit. And I so I immediately say... Hey, Caesar, I haven't seen you today. Like, I can put your name down now. Like, I'm immediately like, absolutely not. And he said, no, no, no. Uh, my, my kid came and gave it, uh, Jeff. And, I, and then I immediately was like, oh, shit, they're next. <laughs> <laughs> so I go and I see, I, see, I see him and his family. And nothing yeah. really happens. Then when they're done with their meal, like an hour later, whatever. No. The kid comes up to me. No. The kid comes up to me and is like, uh, hey, um, so we're done with our food. No, no, no. And I, I was like in the middle of talking to someone. I was like in the middle of telling someone that there's like a wait. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we have about 20. He's like, um, hey, we're actually kind of we're um, sorry, we're we're done with our food. And I was like, OK. And he's like. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was like, dude, I was like, do you need something? Does like, he need to wipe his mouth? I was like, do you need something? Because 
my job as a host, once you're sitting at the table, like for the most part, I am done talking to you. I'll say bye as you leave, but otherwise I'm done. But people will just hand me their checks or like ask for the check or like ask me to get more bread or water or stuff. And I'm like, do you not see that I'm simultaneously wiping tables down, seating people and putting people on the wait list? Like, I don't have time to get bread. I can't fetch you bread, fucker. Yeah. Like if we're if we're slow and I like you, I'll get you bread. That rarely happens, though, because most of you are bitches. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, Chili's customers. Anyways, so I was like, can I get you something? And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, okay. And then he went, he goes back to his table. Is that the end of the interaction? And then he and his family leave. And I'm like, bye guys. Bye, Jeff. Have a good day. And he's like, uh, thanks. Thanks, Nick. And I'm just like, Godspeed to that kid. Holy crap. Did, Did he like imprint on you like a baby duck? Do you have to take care of him? Now? I honestly, this is really, this is real. This has no comedic value. It's really sad. I feel like he probably doesn't have a lot of friends because he's really fucking weird. And I think he, I honestly like, I mean, I have him on the pod. <laughs> Next time he comes in, be like, Jeff, I got a special opportunity for you. I was like, Jeff, you said you're afraid of public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I never said that. And you're like, your speech said otherwise. <laughs> Everything like, about you. I'm like, your lack of ability to speak in public. <laughs> Did I tell you about when the like cosplayer like person held up the line at Michael's? Were you there for that? I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I need you to tell the story. Genuinely so bizarre. I'm sure you've all seen the way a cosplayer or a furry moves their body when they speak. It's a lot of weird hand actions i don't know how to explain it it's like if along with a speech pattern if you've ever played any video game if you played it's like how it it's like how a sim stands when they're not doing anything yeah there's a lot of flailing it's a lot but light. it's how a it's a light it's a light flail and <laughs> no it's how like non-playable characters just like move in video games where they just do random repeated motions it's so bizarre. Okay, but there was this person in front of me at a craft store checking out, and I'm like trying to buy some. <laughs> you paint. already said Michaels. Oh, Michaels. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm fine saying Michaels. We're I guess not I'm not coming for Michaels as a company. So whatever, <laughs> Michaels, Michaels, Michaels. Hobby Lobby, however. <laughs> <laughs> You're next, bitch. Yeah. This person standing in front of me, and they're checking out, and like I was socially distancing responsibly. So I couldn't really tell what the, like, what was going down, but either like there was some deal on whatever the fuck they were buying that was like a buy one, get one free situation, or they like didn't have enough money to pay for what it was because they thought there was a deal. But this interaction should have taken two minutes, maybe. This person stood there being like, hmm, I don't know. Well, should I? Well, I don't know. If I do that, then I don't know. And then they would turn around and look at the line and look at me staring at them like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they turn back <laughs> to the cashier and be like, hmm, I just can't decide. And I was like, you need to make a fucking decision. Were they that. wearing a tail? <laughs> Metaphysically. <laughs> Call back. Um, they might as well have been. A metaphysical tail. I want to remember them having worn a tail. It was very like skinny emo skater person. If you need to paint a picture for yourself, 
But then they realized that they were holding up the line, and I think they, like, went back to go get another one of whatever they had or whatever. They turned around, saw me standing there and staring, like, am I seeing this with my own two eyes? And they (laughs) did the little hand motion and went, oh, sorry. And I was like, have a good day. (laughs) What is the fake sign language? They're they're like sign they're like doing sign language in Bulgarian or something. It's like, what are you doing? Is this a code that I'm unfamiliar with? Oh my god. CPSL. Also, for the record, this isn't shitting on people who like anime or video games or Dungeons and Dragons, because those are honestly fairly mainstream at this point. Yeah, true. However, being a weirdo in public (laughs) is not mainstream. And it is grounds for bullying from yours truly. (laughs) You're asking to be bullied on our podcast. Have you ever done anything super embarrassing in public? Like act like a cosplayer? (laughs) Write in. Tell us about your life. Have you, since we started the pod, have you like kind of been, have you had moments in your life where you're like, I'm going to be talking about this on the pod? Yes, up until recently, because in nothing the middle, interesting. What? <laughs> Sorry, in the middle of talking to Jeff, I was like, episode six. <laughs> I feel like most of the things that happen in my life are, or things that happen in my life are often so absurd or so like specific to my life and my job and my situation that I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, if I was significantly more famous, I could talk about this. But because I'm not, I have to keep it to myself because I don't want to get fired or evicted or whatever unfortunately this podcast is not yet at the point where (laughs) it's something we can fall back on we have currently made a dollar and 30 cents not to flex we are rich it hasn't changed us yet (laughs) it will though the socialist front gone as soon as we run into some money (laughs) as soon as we see a check from this bitch we're going full republican as soon as Claret can buy that, like, shittily made Urban Outfitters couch. <laughs> I want that couch. Without without blinking an eye. Um, yeah. Did you say we're going full Republican? I sure did. <laughs> you heard me right, baby. See you at the MAGA march. Okay. I just, I, ha- I have one more work story yeah. um, in my restaurant corner. This is a pretty big And it once again, there. what? I said, this is a pretty big corner, Nick. She's like, this corner's kind of taking up the whole room. The corner's got a big old accent chair in it, doesn't it, huh? What the fuck is wrong with me? This room's feeling a bit like an octagon. <laughs> this room's kind of spinning, ain't it? Another story at the restaurant was with kids, unfortunately. This mom who was, if you're impatient with me, if you come up to me 12 minutes after I gave you a 30 minute wait time and you're impatient, I don't like you and I won't be that nice to you. Fair. Cause you're being rude and inconsiderate and I have no obligation to be nice to you. Yes. Not to say I'm a dick, but like, I'm not going to go, but I'm not going to go above and beyond <laughs> to provide them with exceptional service, you yeah. know? Cause fuck you. <sighs> Anyways, this woman, she'd been a little rude to me. I finally sit her and her kids, and then she complains to me. She's like, we're ready to order. And I'm like, cool, your server will be right here. Okay. There's really nothing. If someone says, where's our server? I'm like, I don't know. 
taking a dump. <laughs> like, None of your business. Like, I don't know where your server is. Like, helping the seven other tables that he has at the moment. I don't fucking know. So I just, I didn't like this lady already. Anyways, she has these two kids, like nine-year-old boys. So already just the scum of the earth. And they, we give them two kids cups with water. And the kids cups are just like little plastic cups with a lid and a straw. That's environmentally friendly. (laughs) If you, if you ever work at a restaurant or retail you yes. will realize why the climate is going the way it is. The amount of waste is horrifying. Sickening, actually. It it makes me, working retail and seeing how much just unnecessary plastic there is, it's ridiculous. Unpacking clothes at 5 a.m. and you're just going through pounds of plastic. So imagine you're doing that and you're also getting screamed at. And you're also getting screamed at. It's 5 a.m. and you're making $9 an hour. It's almost like I've had that exact experience. Hmm. So these kids have their little kitty cups. And instead of using the restaurant provided plastic straws of a normal length, they bring out their silly straws or whatever that are about two feet long, three feet long, maybe. Who knows? These big ass straws that are like bendy, like really, really bendy. Thank you for describing a silly straw. Well, because I don't, I is is that a brand silly straw? I don't know. Sponsor us. <laughs> this episode, <laughs> this episode brought to you by silly straws. This episode brought to you by silly straws, the leader in the online straw <laughs> subscription service. <laughs> ah, get silly with silly straws. <laughs> Don't shit yourself, Nick. It's okay. I'll be here all week. <laughs> what if I shit my bed? Um, Who's going to clean that up? No, I'm not there. These bendy straws and these kids are like twirling them around like they're lassos. And li- I'm. this is genuinely not an exaggeration. Spraying water everywhere onto other customers, onto other tables, all over the floor, over the railing. So it's like raining down on people walking below. It was insane. And I hate doing this. I hate having to like parent other people's kids because that's not my fucking job. Put them on a goddamn leash yourself. (laughs) And as a shitty child, I feel I can do this. I go up to them and I'm like, guys, you really can't do that. You're getting water everywhere. You're getting water under other customers. That's not okay. And the mom looks up from her fucking cell phone like this. Oh my God, guys, what are you doing? Like classic LA mom. <laughs> She's Queen. like, wait, guys, what are you doing? And I I'm love like, her. And, and they're like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. And then they stop doing it. And I'm like, thank you. And then when they leave, they both came up to me and apologized. They're like, I'm really sorry about that. And I was like, don't worry about it. I appreciate it. Have a good day. And You're like, like I was a piece of shit too. Yeah. I, I'm i not sure I was that big a piece of shit to the point of like whipping water on others. <laughs> you were just prank However, calling poor women at sex stores and making them fear for their lives. Just normal shit. Normal 10 year old shit. You know, they said and spray water on her. Me and Dan storm a sex store with ski masks on and a water bottle. Just That's kidnapped. horrifying. 
That's so scary. Imagine two 10-year-olds charging at you with water bottles and ski masks. And Dan was like four foot five at that point. So he just looked like a little demon. He stopped growing at 10. Hi, Dan. That's what he sensitive about. I'm really good at tapping into people's sensitivities and just ruining their lives and ruining our friendships. Oh, my God. Nick, hi. No. Dan's aware of who he is. Dan, despite being 5'9", could probably beat up anyone I know. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, I was going to say, if Dan wanted to kill me, he could do it in a heartbeat. (laughs) So I probably shouldn't say he's 4'5". Dan Dan could reach his fist down my throat and just pull my heart out. He could do it the other way, too. I'm talking physically, not emotionally. Emotionally, he's already done that. No, I meant reach his hand up your ass and yank your heart out that way. Oh, or do it like an accordion. Oh my God, one hand in each hole? That's someone else's joke. Don't come for me. Wait, whose joke is that? Oh, wait, it's um, it's not Santa. That's from a movie. I'm sorry. What movie is it from? Spy with Melissa McCarthy. On the topic of children at work, did I ever tell you about how the kids at whose parents weren't like beating them publicly or yelling at them or whatever, who were just being shitty sometimes because I was creepy looking and goth and like mega sad. I'd be standing there folding a stack of shirts and there'd be children like losing their goddamn mind six feet away from me. I had this fun little trick where I would just glare at them and stare into their souls until they stopped being shitheads and then like ran back to their mom. And as soon as they did that, I'd switch it up. I'd fold some jeans. I'd smile. I would look happy. Me traumatizing children for the rest of their lives, more likely than you think. So try it. (laughs) You know, a traumatizing experience at age five from a grocery store called Market of Choice. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Is what I wrote my college essay about, actually. Dead ass. Yeah, when I was five, I uh, stole a piece of a pack of gum from Market of Choice. Like when my mom was checking out, I just like grabbed the gum. And then we're walking to the car and I start like opening the gum and my mom's like, where did you get that? And I was like, at the store. <laughs> and she's like, honey, we did not pay for that. And I was like. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> little old me. JK, I was five years old. Um, so my mom had me go back and go up to the cashier and like give the gum back and apologize. I know that we, we want to talk about I'm Thinking of Ending Things, mm-hmm. which is a new Netflix movie and a book that Claray listened to on some audio platform. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you listen to audiobooks. Is it Audible? Audible. Audible, they have the largest selection of. Honestly, um, I fuck with Audible so hard. I would one thousand percent take a sponsorship from Audible. No questions asked. If Audible gave us a free membership and just wanted us to like shill for them, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, I'm thinking of anything. So I've seen the movie. You've uh, read the book. I'm in the middle of reading the book right now. So there might be a little differences, but I'm not sure. I, I think for the most part, it's all the same. I also watched a bunch of like YouTube commentary videos on it. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the book and mm-hmm. the movie. Um, mm-hmm. You are I the one, those. however, who weeks ago was like, watch this movie on Netflix. We need to talk about it on the mm-hmm. pod. Because I want to know yeah. what you want to 
want to say. I've just never, I've never seen a story like this in my life. Like on television, on film or in a book, like this is a genuinely unique story. It felt hard to compare to anything. The only thing I know you're not going to get this, but the only thing that kind of reminds me is the TV show, Mr. Robot. And even then, like the only similarity is kind of like the twist in a way. But even then there are so many differences that it doesn't even feel legit. I don't know. It's, it's really unique. And well, the other like weird thing, it got, it got in my head effectively. (laughs) Okay. Listening to it also, I think is different than reading There will it. be spoilers. So fast forward. Yeah. A little bit. If you like yeah. spoilers, stay a while. <laughs> if you like spoilers, I don't like you. People who like Google what happens in movies and stuff. Abs- I hate that. You're talking movie. to me again, so calling I'm, me out. I'm, am I talking to you? Do you like Google movies to see what's going to happen? Fuck yeah. You? Oh my. Absolutely not. That is disgusting. <laughs> Well, a lot of the time it's things that I'm interested in, but probably just I'm not going to ever watch because I don't have time or the resources to watch it. Like, okay, there's a lot yeah. of movies. If that you're like, not, if you're not going to watch a movie, like I'm not going to watch Emily in Paris. I want to know exactly what happens though. <laughs> okay. A good example. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was that, yeah. I, it's okay. I feel like the hype on Get Out has, like when it came out, it was like, the like the thing everyone was watching it yes. whatever big deal yeah didn't watch it because i don't watch no. anything and then have you still not seen it no but megan gave me a play-by-play when we were in seattle and i was like this is amazing i feel like i watched the whole movie great i i imagine megan is very good at that i also she was great megan. and then i tried to give her a play-by-play of um hereditary did a bad job <laughs> That movie is hard to give a play-by-play about. I was like, oh, and backtrack on um, this thing you need to know because uh, the and like that movie packs a lot of information in in a short amount of time, and you don't realize that it's vital information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure That's everyone listening has heard this story, yeah. but that was what Ryan and I did for our second date. Was we went and saw Hereditary. Oh, I tried to look cute for two hours watching Hereditary. <laughs> Literally, I was standing there. I was like, oh, oh, that was she gets her head. (laughs) Spoiler, she gets her head chopped off. You're like, oh my God. I was like, oh no, icky. (laughs) That movie gave zero fucks. (laughs) But like the end. We should have we should have Ari Aster on the pod. (laughs) We're like, are you good, bro? <laughs> He's like, no. We're like, thanks for coming on. Have a good day. We're like, and that's Ari Aster. <laughs> Our episode with Ari Aster is fucking three minutes long. We're like, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, Ari? Welcome, you good? sluts and whores. <laughs> He's like, I have to leave. We're like, that half was Ari Aster. The- <laughs> half of it is the ad for Anchor. <laughs> Anchor is the number Anyways. one. No, I'm just kidding. What if I just like gave a different product speech? I'm like, I almost said Ari Aster. <laughs> I'm like, anchor is redefining the way women color their hair at home. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the weird I, thing about listening to it is something that Megan said. I'm thinking said. of anything. I'm thinking of anything. Sorry. Fact there. Yes. 
when I told Megan I was going to listen to it, she was like, I don't know how that's going to work as an audiobook because there's so many parts that you need to like go back and reread. And oh, baby, after about the like 20 minute mark, I was like, did I just space out like what's happening? And I'm like, I tried to like rewind 30 seconds and re-listen a couple times. And I was like, I think I need to just go with it and it'll eventually make sense. And that w- did end up being like the best course of action because like the way that it skips yeah. around and like as in the movie, like does she have a name in the movie? Because in the book, she doesn't have a name. The main character. No, no name. The one who I think looks like Linda Tortellini. <laughs> Linda Tortellini? You know who I'm um, talking no, about. No, she... No, I do. Um, she <laughs> d- she doesn't have a name. I think she's like the girlfriend. The girlfriend? Yeah. Yes. Her. The girlfriend. Like how sh- her career and like what she does for a living keeps changing. Yeah. There was a point when I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, am I having a mental breakdown? Literally. And then I, yeah. at some point well, I also got that's the book, what was happening. The book does interesting things with formatting too, where when it cuts to once again, spoilers, when it cuts to the person whose head, this is all in like format wise, it does, a, it does an interesting thing. And like it, cha- it goes from like first person to third person and it's just oh. bizarre as hell. Yeah. Okay. And the way the movie does it, the way Dan described it, we, Dan and I were also high when we watched it, which was a mistake, but the way the movie does it, Dan halfway through was said this verbatim. He said, he's like, this feels like we're just watching a bunch of like scenes with the same characters, but they're not connected at all. He's like, it feels like we're just watching a bunch of like scenes from different movies with the same characters. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what was happening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was, I wish I hadn't seen the preview for the Netflix movie before I read the book because the net the preview and I think the whole movie has a very like mm. creepy eerie something weird is going on feeling to it so I went into the until until the end it doesn't until the end or it does until the end it does until the okay. end yeah just I mean purely based on this the trailer that I watched I was like, this looks like a scary, hereditary style, slow burn, and the end is going to be a shit show, and I'm going to be, it's terrifying, you know, like a psychological thriller, yeah. like exactly yeah. kind of what it is. It, it looked like a horror, it looked like a, yeah. not standard, but it looked like a, it, it did look like a hereditary type movie. Yeah, where there's like something yeah. going on that you obviously can't tell from the trailer, but like will be revealed. Watch the movie, whatever. So I watched yeah. the trailer. It's like, what's it's like what's wrong with the parents? What's wrong with the dog? Yeah. yeah. I watched the trailer yeah. and I was like, this looks horrifying. I bet I would prefer to listen to the book. So I went into the book being like, I'm listening to a horror book. And so I was creeped out from the jump and I kind of wish I hadn't. So I could have had like a little bit of a more unbiased opinion from the mm-hmm. beginning but oh my god what was i, I think going say? into i think going into the either the movie or the book without knowing anything about it is the best way to do it that's how my family did it but okay. did they watch the movie yes oh wow they watched it they started it right when i was like halfway through the book and my mm-hmm. mom was like gosh golly we found the strangest movie on netflix and i was like is it i'm thinking of ending things and then she was like why yes it is and i was like i'm reading the book Okay, I don't know how they do this in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a spoiler for the book. I don't. I do not care. Okay, 
when it is revealed that it's all like in the janitor guy's head, mm-hmm. the way that the audiobook did it was fucking horrifying, bone chilling. Oh my god, like ch- chills up my whole body. The way the audiobook specifically did it, or the way the book does it? Well, the thing that made it so interesting was that the narrator changes. It's a woman narrating the mm. whole thing, and then there's a part towards the end where now, God, it would be more, it would be better if I could remember the actual like phrase. But she's repeating a phrase when she's like trapped in the school. It's like this isn't happening, this isn't happening, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she repeats it like twenty times, and she's like, "This isn't yeah. happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't." And like the two voices like come over one another and then it like, fuck no, it is. <laughs> fuck I like had my AirPods in and all of a sudden it was like these two voices and suddenly it's like, this isn't happening. And I was like, I've died. I've actually gone to purgatory. Holy shit. Okay. The, the movie never does the book kind of outright say like, this is in his head. Not like that, but like, the book says, yeah. ver- I'm sorry, the book says verbatim, yeah. Jake's parent, that Jake didn't have parents, his parents died a long time ago. It's like, it spells it out for you. Like, Interesting. Okay. Also, his death is much movie, more gruesome in the book. The movie doesn't spell things out at all. Um, the movie, at, but at the end of the movie, as the credits was rolling, I was like, okay, I think that was all taking place in the janitor's head. And I think the janitor is the younger guy and he's imagining this. Like I, at the end I was like, I think that's what happened. And I felt fairly confident with that. However, in terms of like his parents are dead and like all that stuff, like no clue. The book spells it out for you real nice. It wraps it up with a depressing little bow. I mean, I didn't leave it feeling like rejuvenated, but I left it and I was like, this Mm -hmm. was a great book. 10 out of 10 enjoyed it. But I don't know, adding that like theatrical element of like the shift in narrators. And it was, it was fucking creepy. Like I believe I'm, well, now I'm curious what the book looks like reading it when that, please send me a picture when you get to that part, because I was my first thought when I was hearing it, like the, the book is so thin. Oh yeah. I should be able to read this in like a day. I haven't. (laughs) Um, it's a lot, but it was the kind of thing where I powered through the end of it on like a day off that I had. And it's like on audiobook, it was like nine hours, eight hours. And I listened to like yeah. five of those in one day. I was like, everyone leave yeah, me I alone. Think sharp, I think sharp, op, sharp, the sharp objects one is also about eight hours. Was They're about so fucking good. So good. Fuck. We should always have a sharp objects corner anyways. But with, I'm thinking of any things I can't th- I'm sure it's been done before. So like, don't fucking text me about it but a story from the perspective of someone who is being imagined by someone else i'm like oh shit because then i'm like what if i'm being imagined by someone else <laughs> you know, it's 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 like what the fuck like how do you even think of that it's insane yeah i guess i hadn't actually thought of those words out loud but yes that's exactly i mean that's exactly what it is yeah that is i not to say that I'm an actual fucking crazy person, but I feel like I kind of do that. Like I think about imagined realities from the perspective of other people all the time. Me too. I'm like, what is Jeff going through right now? My father, not the child. <laughs> I'm thinking about the child. I was thinking about the child. Um, <laughs> what's that dumbass word? Um, 
Girl, there's a lot of them. No, no, no. That stupid made up word where it's like when you realize that that everyone. (laughs) Wanderlust. (laughs) No. When it's like when you realize that everyone is a main character in their own story. Self-awareness. Wait, I know someone (laughs) who I know someone who had a Facebook album of photos named after this. Don't say it when you think of it. I want to come up with it. Albums. Don't say it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, can you give me a hint? Lead me there. Lead me to water. I'm going to read the description or the the meaning of the word. Okay. Noun. The realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. Wanderlust was kind of in the same zone. Um... Um, oh, oh God. Um, uh, uh, I'm thinking of like, (laughs) I don't know. Um, well, gosh, um, (laughs) is it like something like Westworld? Like, have you ever seen Westworld? You know, when we talked about Westworld, you know, when the robots like, spoiler alert, the robots, (laughs) you know, when they like Westworld tells you what it's going to be about day one. So imagine (laughs) I like finish the show. I'm like, so what was it about? (laughs) All those people had a lot of machines inside of them. Clarice said, wait, was she a robot? (laughs) (laughs) Guys. Okay. I'm really trying to put the pieces together. Were they robots? I like feel like they were hot take. Okay, Chloe, what's the word? Look, um, <laughs> first letter. S. I'm, it's Sonder. I would never, ever in a million okay. years come up I with I feel that. like that was like a Tumblr phrase. I feel like it was a Tumblr Fully. phrase. Okay. F- oh, no. Sonder. That would have been my like fucking URL. It would have been like sad girl Sonder. And it's like, that makes no fucking sense. Yes. Sad girl. Sad girl Sonder. Oh my God. Merch. Okay. So anything else you want to say about it? I'm thinking of anything. No, I just wanted to, I just realized we haven't actually talked about it since you watched it. And since I read it and I think. Yeah. Bravo. (laughs) To us for (laughs) consuming it or to the writer. I had a really good segue um, that would have been better during my Jeff story, let's, but let's, then we got very sidetracked. Let's pretend like um, we're so, still talking about Jeff. Everybody, close your um, eyes. Pretend like we're talking about Jeff. Do you picture the young cosplayer? You do. The unintentional cosplayer? Because um, one place that you and I have a lot of experience with seeing IRL cosplayers being unabashedly themselves oh. is high school theater trips. Oh, baby. <laughs> To oh, baby. the Oregon Thespian Competition in Salem, Oregon, where every high school in Oregon goes with their theater troupe. And they're sexually repressed each other. gang the um, sexually, act- yeah. sexually active band geeks from Mean Girls is a th- high school theater troupe in Oregon. Okay, one time while we were there, the like, local Starbucks had like a couple drink specials that they like named like Broadway themed things for the conference. And the wicked Frappuccino. I'm not even joking. It was like the defying gravity. The like girl, I'm not making this shit up. The everyone's a little bit racist. Ah! <laughs> Can I get one? Everyone's a little bit racist with almond milk. What if I said that to a Starbucks right here, right now? 
I was like, can I get an everyone's a little bit racist? And they're like, what? I think they would probably turn their badge in and quit on site. Anyway, the guy, because Connor and I always like hated the whole thing. We would be there. <laughs> really? <laughs> the chosen ones. We were special. <laughs> yeah. But we would just kind of like go there and like make fun of everyone because we were absolutely awful. We'd like go to a sushi restaurant and like look at the table next to us and be like, <laughs> they take this seriously. <laughs> to be fair to you guys, that is one of the easiest things to do <laughs> is make fun of those kids. It is. God is testing everyone who is kind of <laughs> popular when you go to the Oregon lesbian convention because everyone is an unintentional cosplayer or an intentional one. Anyway, yes. the guy at Starbucks was like, I just love it when the, the- when the thespians come to town and thespians. Yes. And then Connor and I were like, oh, the thespians. So I've been saying that my whole life now. I love that. I would like to say that yes. all those TikToks that are like when theater kids come to Denny's and like practice a chorus line or whatever. I'm not a musical theater kid. Um, we know. <laughs> I do not understand musicals. Anyways, all those TikToks where it's like. POV, you're a host at Denny's and 30 theater kids come in at 11 p.m. after their closing night. That is the Oregon Thespian competition um, times 100 because there are like 3,000 kids there. state thespian conference? Am I saying, I'm, I said Oregon Thespian? You said competition. It's not a conference. Well, we're... Comp- <laughs> I don't know about Thurston, but South Eugene is there to compete. The competition is regionals. <laughs> oh, state is the next level, I guess. No, you compete at state, and then and then you're selected to perform. Not us losers. It's always awkward because South wins every year. It's really, it's bad. You um, sound like a South kid right now. I I'm fully aware still of have like that little like ugh within me. You're like, you sound like a kid who went to South. I'm like, I am a kid who went to I South. I hate this about myself that I'm 23 years old. And still when someone says something about like, oh yeah, well I went to South. Like we were like our theater like program is exceptional. If someone's saying that at, tw- at 23 years old, shut the fuck up. I know I just did that 30 seconds ago. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I still get that like jealousy, annoyance, like Hit in my stomach where I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't give a shit, but I really do because I'm insanely jealous. I'm 23. I need to go to therapy. We already knew that. My jealousy for South Theater students is the can last I, can I sound issue. Like an asshole? Yes. Can I sound like an asshole real quick? Great. Even though South Eugene had a phenomenal theater program where we put on, for the most part, exceptional shows and usually one at state. That were lightly problematic. Despite and won every possible competition at state. Despite, being despite all that, sensitive. yes, sorry. Despite all that, any kid who seriously went through the South Eugene Theater Program has a lot of deep-seated trauma. <laughs> I will say, it is also annoying when people think I, I get annoyed. People are like, we were so great and amazing, but we're all traumatized. I'm like, everyone is. Everyone who did high school theater, whether it was top notch world's best program or if you were doing high school theater in a dumpster you're still traumatized yes sorry i'm not saying that i'm not saying that in in like a were unique for being traumatized i'm saying we still had shit it wasn't like rainbows and puppies it was hell that's fair yeah 
Cyberbullying incident. <laughs> was that a product of South's theater program or just yes. neo-Nazis yes. at South? That was a direct product. That was a direct product of South Eugene Theater Great. and the South Eugene Theater director. You do know that said neo-Nazi who was a part of that group was my first stage kiss, right? Mm, yeah, you told me that. Did I tell you that after we did it the first time, he pulled away and said, you taste like peanut butter. And I contemplated suicide. Mm. Hazel had to kiss him. Oh, hey, mm. hey, girl. Hey, <laughs> hey, girl. Do you know that my first kiss stage or otherwise was? I am fully aware. So with theater, high school theater trips are like a movie. They should be movies, honestly. <laughs> like raunchy comedies with teenagers. Because Where the jokes are delivered holy, horribly. Because holy fucking shit, it is, you take kids that for the most part are like social outcasts and think they're, everyone there thinks they're a main character. Everyone there is like, sorry, I just need to get away for a moment. <laughs> Not me sipping a cappuccino and skipping all of the like actual workshops and just sitting in a coffee shop being like, I'm different. Simon Longnight got into like a heated argument with um so, with a workshop instructor. Are you are you kidding me? I'm I'm dead serious. Why? Over what? Um uh he the instructor was arguing that Nothing is off limits in terms of your own experiences to pull from to inform your character. Does that make sense? Yes. And I would argue that's up to the person. (laughs) And that's what Simon said. Simon was like, I would disagree. Like someone who's been like sexually assaulted shouldn't be expected to pull on that or something. And he talked about like racism, whatever. Um, And the guy was like, no, nothing's off limits. You know, like (laughs) workshop instructors at, the Oregon Vespian Conference are where one where they came out of the ground. <laughs> they plant them every year. And then they bloom every spring. <laughs> and they're they're ready to be bloomed in April. I don't I do not, but they're all the same. Do you remember at this the regional competition in Bend our senior year with the stand-up? Were you there? I am ascending right now. Because the kid who the kid who like initiated it, who okay, I'm gonna restart. Back Sorry. this shit up because this shit is Back absolutely nuts. Also, for the record, what just yeah. picture this. You were there, right? I was there, and I was sitting next to my gay boyfriend Connor the whole time. Worth noting. The chosen ones. We were special. We were in a gay straight alliance. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast should have been called Gay Straight Alliance. It should have been called heterosexual lesbians. We exist. <laughs> the description is just we exist. <laughs> we don't ever mention the name once. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to heterosexual lesbians, the podcast where we don't explain the name. We exist. Today's topic. Carry on. That'll be our second podcast. Okay, what if we started a second podcast? Nick, I think we would kill each other. <laughs> What if we started a second podcast and it was the exact same? What if we used accents? Hello, love. <laughs> How's it going over there? 
<laughs> what if they get more inaudible every episode? Oh, crikey. By the end, we're like, what? Mask- I mean, Mask- Clarine already gets like... <laughs> Baby. Uh, okay. So, for those of you who have never been... Um, to regional lesbian fe- competition. <laughs> for those of you who have never competed um, at the regional level in state theater in high school. <laughs> in Oregon, it is split up. In Oregon, it is split up into three regions. One of the regions is one half of Portland. One of the regions is the other half of Portland. And the other region is the rest of the state. (laughs) Do you remember that? They split Portland into like east and west and it's like everyone else. (laughs) Okay, it's because below Eugene, who the fuck else is there? There's like Medford. There's people who are literally putting on sad versions of Greece every year with like yeah. A sheet curtain in like a field. They were not invited to compete. <laughs> Clarate, the space doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm gonna argue as someone who has been to many a park theater, <laughs> the space and acoustics does matter. I'm sorry, with the one exception of like Oregon Shakespeare Festival and like professional yeah. amphitheaters. And like if you're in like Grace. Amy Adams did a play in Central Park. So if you're Amy Adams or you're at Oregon Shakespeare Festival, you're allowed to perform outdoors anywhere else. Four walls, a ceiling. Amy Adams, if you're listening to this, I'll I'll be straight for you. Amy Adams, if you're listening to this, can we go make love? Amy Adams. Bring Nicole Kidman. DM us. Bring our our mother, Nicole Kidman. My mother slash my girlfriend. Oh. My Republican mother, Nicole Kidman. Imagine if Nicole Kidman was a Republican. Oh God, I would um, still want to fuck her. Unfortunately. I'd want to like hate fuck her. Yeah. Um, I'm literally so gay. So I'm so gay. I would fuck Nicole Kidman. Like, I would like hate fuck Nicole Kidman. Can I talk real quick about speech patterns that bother me before I go back to go the off, Oregon sis. lesbian conference? So TikTok will push a lot of like property videos to me. It's like realtors, like realtors, like our age, like showing off like $3 million. This $3 million mansion comes complete with brand new stainless steel appliances. No, 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 no. That's not how they talk. They talk like this. Sorry. Okay. So here we open the front door and then we walk into the foyer and then to your right is the kitchen with stainless steel appliances and then over here, we have floor-to-ceiling windows. Oh, my God almighty. <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. Sneezing and shit. Do you have to pee? So, <laughs> regionals is for everyone that's not Portland. And it's, ho- and it's hosted at a different high school every year. Um, somewhere in the state. And so for my senior year, where I was actually our trying to like senior do year, our senior year, we did go to different high schools. So I don't think of it like that. Um, our senior year, we went to Bend, which is on a school bus, like four hours. Do you remember? Right. Whoa, whoa. I'm having a memory. Do you remember okay. the school we were at? In Bend? Yes. 
Yes. Because I remember from the outside, I was like, we are at yeah, a we, local we prison. Like, and then on the inside, I was like, oh, this shit's actually nice. It was a weirdly nice high school. Weird on. Yeah. Yes. The outside, I was it like, was we are weirdly, going to prison. It was a, we're South Eugene. It's like, we're going to prison. And then you go inside and you're like, I'm in prison. <laughs> and at Thurston, you're like, I'm going to prison. And you go inside and you're like, I'm going to get shot. I went there. I can make the joke. Have I told you about how many people have like strangers? It's happened multiple times where someone has like mm. asked where I went Ask to high school about the shooting? and been like, oh my God, the one with the shooting. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what was it like there? And I'm like, it was a high you're, school. You're like, I, you're like, I went there 20 years after. <laughs> Chill out. And I'm like, yeah, that was like a long time before I was there. And they're like, yeah, but like, what was it like? And I'm like, any high school there was there was a fence like, <laughs> like there was a fence that was always open weirdly nice high school and if you don't know how a state high school a high school theater competition works there are a bunch of different like categories you can compete in so you can do like a monologue you can do duo comedy duo drama you can do a group scene you can do musical can theater do yeah you can do musical theater which I am not an expert in <laughs> at all. Um, but uh, for the most part, kids from my high school usually competed in monologue and a duo scene. And uh, and a few kids would do uh, a musical theater one as well. So in my room for monologues, I was, you, you just sit there and the person judging just calls out a random name kind of it's all numbers you just it's all numbers like they just call out your name and or your number and you get up and you do it and then you sit back down and that's that so you get to watch everyone that you're competing against (sighs) but in the room for monologues all i am focusing on i'm just playing my lines back over in my head that is all i'm doing i'm just like i need to remember (laughs) all of this it's also really hard because you do a comedic monologue and a dramatic monologue back to back. So you're um, like, when my mom died. And then you're like, I did a, so I I did a monologue. Yes. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> scat. <laughs> there has to be a scat section. You're like, yeah, and that was the corner. last time I ever talked to her. Skilly beep bop. <laughs> it's like that. I did a monologue from the Laramie Project one time. And I was like, I found his body on the fence. And I'm like, okay. I did a weird Minnesotan accent. It was a fun time. You're like, I found his body on the fence. That's not what Minnesotans (laughs) sound like. (gasps) That's what my customers at my restaurant sound like. Oh my God. (laughs) Like they're all Eastern European. It's so weird. Um, That was big, like. vibes. (laughs) Speaking of Eastern Europe and my job, yesterday a plane, a low-flying plane went over the mall with a sign trailing behind it that said, save Armenian lives now. And I'm standing there at my host stand with my clipboard and I'm like, (laughs) on it. (laughs) Shut up. That did not happen. Yeah. Oh, dead. And everyone stopped eating to look and everyone was like, save Armenian lives. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Going back to my tiramisu. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways. Chili's. Figure it out. I'm pretending like you I work at Chili's. Work at Chili's. 
We can just say I work at Chili's. Nick works at Chili's. Um, Shut up, Hooray. Oh, my God. I'm coming out as a Chili's employee. <laughs> a national coming out day, Nick wants to come out as a Chili's employee and a heterosexual. This is the hardest. This is the hardest and bravest thing I've ever had to do. Coming out as a heterosexual Chili's employee. (laughs) I'm coming out as a straight Chili's employee. Because you know gay people are never going to work there. Oh my God, the shame. Can you imagine? Um, That's Connor's favorite restaurant. (laughs) No. It's where we went on our first date. I was a different person in 2015. I really don't know what was happening in her brain. Me too. In my monologue room, I was sitting next to this kid who was like just very like conventionally attractive. Like, you know, some people are, you're just like, Oh, like that's a good looking person, but you're not like, fuck, they're so hot. Yes. Yeah. So this kid was kind of like that. I was like, Oh, he's good looking. Like he was blonde. He had blue eyes. He had like a nice face. Was he a Nazi? Whatever. He was Mormon. (laughs) Oh, I know where this is going. Did you see the pieces connect again? I love watching you. You love watching me think. Yeah, I love watching Clary think. It's such a rare occurrence. It's like watching a baby like try to put words. It's like together. watching a baby take her first steps. <laughs> Say dump. It's like when you watch your little newborn take a shit for the first time. How soon after being born do babies start like po- pooping? Wait, Facetime your mom. <laughs> Mommy, when was my first poo poo? Yeah, she's like, I have a video. Um. <laughs> Susan's like, I saved it in a jar. (laughs) If my mom saved my shit in a jar, I would disown her. So I'm sitting next to this conventionally attractive Mormon kid who went to that school. And the school wasn't Mormon. It was a public school. But he's like, he's like, yeah, everyone in this neighborhood is Mormon, though. So it's like kind of a Mormon school. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and he was super nice. I've never met a Mormon who was rude to me. They are some of the kindest people, <laughs> even though they're crazy. Um, have you met a rude Mormon? Uh, yeah, there was one in my math class who called me a sloot. Those exact words. And I was like, fuck you. God, fuck him. He was such a cunt. It was so rude. I was like 15 and I'd only given. He's not. He, he's not getting his own planet. <laughs> fuck no, he's not. He was. I was very sensitive. He called me a salute to my face for no reason. And I was like dealing with the aftermath of an abusive relationship where I did a lot of things I didn't want to do. And I was like, I'm a salute. I was forced to suck dick. Yeah. Fuck you. Quick. Fuck you. Corner. Um, I just want to say fuck you. Uh, Moving on. Anyways. And then later, a girl at a he was dating him. She's like, I went on a date with this guy last night. And I was like, fuck him. So I'm sitting next to this kid. Very nice. He's telling me about the school, you know, Mormon neighborhood, a lot of Mormon kids there, but it's a public school. And I was like, okay, cool. He does his monologue. It is, it is what it is. (laughs) It was a high schooler doing a monologue. So, but it wasn't like, unwatchable like some of them are it was just like okay cool. on a scale of one to me and rabbit hole where would you read it um a little past you and rabbit hole (laughs) how fucking dare you coming for the one thing you're like that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um anyways so he does his monologue 
Uh, I do my monologue, and when I'm done, he's just like, I'm trying to hold my mic and clap at the same time, and it's like really hard. Nick's like, but I he's finish like, my monologue, he's like and he's clapping. like, he's, he's like, you're so fucking hot. I was like, uh, Drake, other people can see you. So, <laughs> what if it was him? It wasn't. So he's like applauding dramatically. You know what I mean? You know yeah. when people do that? Cosplayer shit. Yeah. They're just like, oh my God. And then I sit down next to him. He's like, dude, that was so good. Wow. And I was like, oh, thank. And like, I thought I did okay. I wasn't like thrilled with my performance, <laughs> but whatever. I was like, cool. Thanks. So I sit down. Monologues end. I part ways with him. Ben. And His name was Ben. I, and I think, and I thought that was it. Later, as they're, uh, so they have to stall for time while they count all the scores for people. And while they did that, they had a stand-up comedian perform in the auditorium of this not public but heavily Mormon high school. How do you think he's doing today, <laughs> that stand-up comedian? If you're a stand-up comedian in Oregon, anywhere that's not Portland. Do you think he was local? I assume they shipped him in. So stand-up comedian from somewhere in Oregon who's performing at a regional high school theater competition. How much do you think they paid him? 500. I was going to say 350. 350 to 500. Maybe maybe including drive time. Oh, baby. Okay. Like you. (laughs) Anyways. So he's performing. I do not remember any of the jokes, but they were the type of jokes that for high schoolers who are immature or not even immature just for high schoolers who aren't mature so like high schoolers who act their age i guess it was fairly edgy i guess yeah i mean it was like but like i don't remember specifics i was 18 and it was my second semester senior year so i was like this is whatever and i don't i was like i also don't understand why people are laughing so hard it's not that edgy i remember them being like fine jokes but they were like Kind of cheap. They weren't they like, were, it wasn't like groundbreaking was humor, but I was like, all right, this guy's fine. There was a reason, there was a reason he was performing where he is. Um, they were the kind of jokes and he, that he saw. The, he saw the low hanging fruit and he saw the low hanging fruit of like, oh, I get to perform for high schoolers. This will be easy. Like it was that type of deal. Very yeah. much so. And he was fine. Like, I think some of them were, were some of them about sex? I, think. I don't know, but I remember there was there was some. I don't remember this. I don't remember the content at all. Yeah, I remember there was a couple. Was one of them like racial? Was there a racial joke? Am I making that up? There was some stuff that like probably wouldn't fly today. I remember looking at Connor and being like, "Huh? Like I can't believe he's saying these things." But like, solid B minus. <laughs> you know, uh, it was a B minus for sure. Um, but I, I remember a feeling of like, "Huh? I can't believe he's getting away with saying this." Yeah. I'm glad everyone's laughing though. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting that like whoever invited him, like I I was like, I wonder if this got cleared, you know? Yeah. Not because it, not because it was edgy for me, but because I was surprised at the venue and like, you know what I mean? I I feel like I'm not explaining this well. It wasn't edgy for like us because we were like seniors, but for freshmen and sophomores, I guess it would be. Sure. I was just, I was surprised that he was saying it, just given the context. (laughs) 
And then in the middle of a joke, we all hear behind us. Um, hey, just so you know, not all of us have to sit here and listen to this garbage. So some of us are going to get up and leave. And then and I invite anyone who is uncomfortable right now to do the same. Come on, guys. It was, that was all. How the fuck do you remember that? Remember when I said I had a recovered memory? Was that? It was that. <laughs> the nervous laughter, the uncomfortable tension that it felt like and he was it, a, it like went, a plant. Like it went dead silent and I, and everyone was just like, <laughs> and then some people got oh, up. You, you meant, you meant, you meant plant like he was planted. I thought you meant like, <laughs> no. I'm like, and suddenly the bird like, of paradise was screaming. Was like, and this ficus just came alive. No, it so, felt like um, it was like a part of the act. Like for a split second, I was like, yes, is yes. this part of like, the joke? Like, oh wow. He had someone sit in the audience. I was like, oh, I was like, I, I was like, I hope he's not involving the audience. Cause I'm not here to be involved. And Quickly, we realize um, it is not a plant. It is a person <laughs> with legitimate feelings. And I turn around and guess who it is? It's the fucking Mormon kid who was ben. sitting next to me in the monologue fucking room. Ben. It was fucking Ben. So we turn around and we're like, uh, and then. I remember I made eye contact with Sophie from across the auditorium because we're sitting in like I was sitting right next to her. Of our high school. And I just like looked over to her and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And me and my gay boyfriend sat there being like, what do we do? (laughs) Sophie was with her gay boyfriend. (laughs) Aw. And then the comedian goes, the comedian tries to like recover and not in like a, he tries to make a joke out of it, but he gets like pretty angry and he was like, all right, well, you can get the hell out. No one's forcing you to be here. And it was like weird because I'm like, this is a child and you are like 40. <laughs> the energy was weird. And then everyone was like, uh-huh. the vibe was definitely off. No one, no one there passed the vibe check. And then I think the teacher of one of the teachers of like the Mormon kid, like got up with a few of the other Mormons who all looked the exact same. And then they all like left the auditorium. And then the guy like tried to recover for the rest of his set, but literally could not. But like, as the kids were walking out, he was just like, okay, bye, bye there. And I'm like, these aren't like normal hecklers. You get a a bar. These are like 17 year old kids. Like maybe don't like verbally abuse them. IDK. We're back. Amazing. We're back from our technical difficulties. Last night, my vibrator died. Really? Whilst it was in use. Ah, unfortunate. Can I ask if you a I, question? And I can totally cut this. It's a sex question. Absolutely. Do you use a vibrator during sex? It's kind of hard, in my opinion. Maybe it's the shape of my pussy. but Like using a vibrator on your clit while you're being penetrated. <laughs> that is difficult, depending okay. on the position you're in. Interesting. And depending on the shape of the vibrator. Okay. I do not know enough about um, female anatomy. Female anatomy. (laughs) Um, Anyways. I love when we say the same thing at the same time. I love when our brain cell is in sync. Well, okay. That's actually kind of interesting because I feel like people talk about that a lot. Like use a vibrator. Like while he I hear hear that a good amount. Like I hear that on Caller Daddy a fair amount. And I'm always like, oh, that seems like there's a lot happening down there. Like a l- it is kind of overstimulating. Like, yeah, maybe you just stop having sex with guys who don't know how to hit your G spot. It doesn't work like that. 
once again, I am a homosexual. (laughs) (laughs) I am very, very gay. Nick's like straight men. This is how to make your lady come. Should this wait? This should turn into a sex tips podcast, but for things we're unqualified for. So I'm like, (laughs) straight guys, listen up. Um, You want to take your whole fist and put it up your own ass. <laughs> Honestly, that could help a lot of men. That would help a lot of men. You know what I love? I love a heterosexual man who is not afraid to get a finger up the butt. I've met too many straight men who are like, yeah, she was like giving me a blowjob and like she started to put her finger near my asshole. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what the fuck are you doing? And it's like she's trying to give you pleasure because our G spot is literally in the asshole and it will give you the best orgasm you have ever had to have your prostate even lightly stimulated. Nick, I fucking hate your straight guy voice. Doesn't sound too realistic for you. It sounds like the kind of straight man I try to stay away from at all costs. Dude, she was trying to stick her finger up my ass. If a man ever spoke to me like that, I would <laughs> kick him in the nuts and leave. I loved being in a fr- I hate him. I loved being in a fraternity in college. Um You being in a frat is almost weirder than me being in a sorority. What's up, Delta Delta Delta? <laughs> me being in a me being in a fr- I'm gonna say it, me being in a fraternity is objectively much stranger than you being in a sorority. <laughs> That's literally what I just said. You said it's almost. Oh. And I'm going to take... See, when I say almost, I actually mean... Very. Without a doubt in my mind, very much. So I speak in riddles. Welcome back to Riddle Corner. (laughs) Stay away from that corner. That's a corner we stay out of. Hello, episode one and four. I can't believe that you wanted to join a fraternity. I kind of can, like, see you staying in one. You, like, found the joy of brotherhood or whatever. You know what? Let's talk about me being in a fraternity for a whole episode. That that can genuinely be an entire episode. But you want to talk about friendship breakups. I know you do. It's a hot topic, in, at least in my world. I feel like I've had more friendship breakups and reunions than the average Joe. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I'm fucking difficult, but I would, I would say I also, I feel like I've had slightly more than usual. Although I don't know. I'm like, are we the problem? (laughs) I'm 1000% the problem. If you're listening to this bleep, bleep, bleep and bleep. Mm -hmm. Most of the time there was a large aspect of it. The thing is, is that that was me being the problem. Things don't happen in a vacuum, you know? Like, and usually the issue ultimately comes down to you two were not on the same page about something and it kind of all just spirals from there. You were, Correct. you were, un, you were either unaware of where that person was at at some, somehow, some way, or they were unaware of where you were at somehow, some way, or maybe both. It's usually a mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's the root of all of it. So in terms of my own personal friendship breakups, I would say inconsequential friend breakups, I guess, like elementary school, middle school, whatever, just like people I stopped hanging out with. But that's not really serious. You know, I'd say the first significant moment where I was like, I need to stop being friends with these people was probably like the cyberbullying incident. Um, Although funny enough, I'm actually friends with a majority of them. That's still so funny. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I have not talked about that incident at all on this show. I feel like I just keep referring to it. I know. I don't even really know about it. I know vaguely. Okay. Honestly, I think it's a good prequel to me joining a fraternity. Great. Well, I really said fraternity. We're fraternity. <laughs> yeah, I would say the first significant one was the cyberbullying incident my junior year of high school, but I'll get into that more specifically <laughs> another time because Clary also doesn't know too much about that, I guess. Um, no, because for the eight billionth time, Nick and I did go to different high schools. Um, once again, Clary was not an axeman, and <laughs> once again, I was a cult. <laughs> what an oh, ass fucking Dan, mascot! When Dan listened to episode five, he was like, "Another good title would have been I'm not a cult leader; I'm just a narcissist." <laughs> That's we should put that on shirts. Uh, my fr- did I say what uh, Janessa said? She was like, you should make a t-shirt that says we should put that on a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Because Janessa do be kind of hilarious. Anyways. And I feel like, oh, one just came to me. Anyways. What is happening? Wow. Because this was a brief moment in my life. However, it was big at the time. When I got to Chapman University in Orange County, August 2015, there was another guy in my orientation group and he just see, I'm trying to describe like what like kind of drew me to him. And I was just like, Oh, I want to be friends with this guy. But like giant cock cut. He's really hot. And I think he also has a massive dick. Um, Does everyone in Chapman have a huge dick? uh, No, except for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was about to be like, uh, no, I, I went there. Um, <laughs> um, does everyone at Chapman have a huge dick? It's actually a requirement. Um, I just know between Megan and Dan's five foot long dick, Dan's four foot five inch dick. Dan could whip that into my face and it would kill me. It should be legally registered as a weapon. Jesus Christ. Dan, come slap me with your cock. Okay. Uncut. I'm trying to figure out like what drew me to him as a friend, like where I was like, Oh, I kind of want to be friends with him. I, I think he had, he seemed to have a good taste in TV. Cause we like went around the circle and said like, what's our favorite TV show. I forget what his answer was, but it was good. And he was, he seemed pretty quiet and like an introvert. Um, but he seemed to have a kind of the same humor that I did. Long story short, we quickly became like very good friends. Like he became like my best friend there at Chapman for the first three or four weeks of school. For those of you who don't know, it's hard to become Nick's best friend. I'm still trying to work my way into the inner circle and I am fighting tooth and nail. I'm trying to rip bitches down. You're you're trying to swim through my moat. (laughs) I'm trying to swim. Nick's moat is full of fucking piranhas and like water snakes and shit that are like trying to drag me down. But no baby, I will float until I reach that castle, that castle of love. Podcast episode name, Castle of Love. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Whatever. You become BFFs with this dude. I become BFFs with him. Well, he became my best friend at Chapman, you know, which is a different category than like my best friend. Like how I was your best friend at Tokaya <laughs> while we were there together. Claray was my best friend when she and I drove to Tokaya. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Next, like in this restaurant, you are my <laughs> second best friend. Claray, in this Zoom call that we're in right now, you are my best friend. <laughs> I hate you. Carry on. We went to the beach together. We like we started like we were like in a friend group together of like maybe nine people. And I was closest with him out of all the people. It felt it felt more like he was friends with all those people and I was friends with him. You know, like that okay. sort of dynamic. Yeah. And so like we all would all go to the beach, like blah, 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 whatever. Um, and someone in that friend group was one of my roommates at Chapman as well. Not the especially crazy one. <laughs> But which I'll get Jesus. into later. <gasps> Crazy roommate. That's another one I want to do. Absolutely. I'm coming um, for all you. So things are good and whatever. Uh, he is actually the reason I got the tattoo that I got. He has this tattoo on his left ankle. And I had recently in the past, like five months prior to that, just come out of like the worst depression of my life. And like, suicidal whatever and i was like you know i really like this tattoo and it means a lot to me so like i'm gonna get it on my ankle i'm gonna get it on my right ankle so he came with me to get the tattoo after you got out of a clinically diagnosed suicidal whatever yes he came with me to lefty's tattoo in orange and hey. oh where he shaved you really good where he shaved me real good throwback episode three and yeah, so like we were like very close friends. And then my birthday is September 15th, so it's pretty early in the school year, and he and he and that group of friends like went out to dinner that night without me. Okay. Like I invited them. I invited a few of them. I was like, "Hey, we should all like go to Pizza Press, whatever. Like that'll be fun." And they were just like, "Oh, actually, we already got dinner. Sorry. Haha." And then, like, on Snapchat, they posted, like, a photo of, like, all 12 of them at this restaurant. And I was like, what the fuck? And so then I was, like, a dramatic little bitch. And then we were at a soccer game the next day watching. And they were like, Nick, are you okay? And I was like, I mean, I'm a little upset that... Because why am I like this? Jesus. So I was like, um, I'm a little upset that you, like, went out to dinner without me on my birthday. And, like, their faces fell. And they were like, oh, shit. They're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. And I was like, did you guys like not realize that that's what happened? Um, and they were just like, sorry, we just thought that like we were going to do something after. And I was like, well, we didn't. So anyway, so it was just like a weird, like in hindsight, 2020 vision, a clear red flag um, that I'm more invested into this friendship than they are. Oh, is this not the breakup? <laughs> oh, no. And... I said something to my roommate who was friends with them. I think I said something like, let's call the friend that I'm friends with. Uh, let's call him. Uh, Brian. Brian. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what if that was his name? Um, I was talking to my roommate and I was like, I was just like, yeah, you know, it just kind of hurt seeing him like hang out with other people like on my birthday. Um, or seeing that group, you know, because, like, it was my birthday and I kind of wanted to hang out with them. And I said them. I didn't say him specifically. So it's it was something like that where I was like, yeah, it kind of sucked that, like, he prioritized them over me, like, on my birthday. Um, not okay. to sound, I was like, not to sound like a crazy person, but whatever. Which okay. I think is a very normal, reasonable thing to say. And I agree. 
My roommate then told is his name. <laughs> oh, I just fucked that up. <laughs> Brian. His name is Brian. So my roommate goes and tells Brian that I was upset that he was hanging out with people besides me. What the fuck? Which is very, very different. That's Those are not the words you said. Which is not what I said, not what I meant, not what I felt either. None of it was true. Like literally none of it was true. And so then I am at my work study job on campus. I did okay. graphic design for the College of Performing Arts. <laughs> did you do a great job? No, I did a shitty job because I did not nice. know Photoshop or in design or anything anyways and i randomly get a message unfortunately i cannot find the text um but to summarize it's one of those texts that fills up your entire phone screen yep very long paragraph and in summary it said in very brief summary it said your roommate (laughs) he used the name but he said your roommate told me what you said and that um, you're upset that I'm hanging out with other people and you want me all to yourself and that's not a friendship I can be in and that's not healthy and um, I just prefer if we don't speak, essentially. Whoa! And it was fairly out of nowhere. For uh, the day before that, the day before that, he had completely ignored me when I saw him on campus, like fully ignored me. And then I had texted him and I was like, hey, is something up? And, oh, he started the text and he was like, I know, you know, I've been acting weird. And so I'm just going to be straight up about it. And then he just like unleashed this like long ass text on me. And I was like, what the fuck? And so then I went to like someone that he was friends with that we were both like mutually friends with. Like, I don't want to call it a trio, but like a light trio. I went to the third person and I said, hey, what the fuck? Like this came out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, honestly, I didn't really read it. Like he and I were at the mall when he sent it and he asked asked me to look it over and I kind of glanced at it. But yeah, that's pretty rough. And I was like, okay. And then I, and then I confronted my roommate about it because I was like, Hey, what the fuck? And he's like, (laughs) and he's like, Oh yeah. Um, well, um, Pretty much Brian, this was a mediated conversation with me, my roommate, my RA. Hi, Taylor. Shut up. <laughs> what the fuck? And he said, yeah, um, pretty much Brian told me that like he didn't want to be friends with you anymore and like was just kind of looking for a way out. <gasps> so he's just kind of using this as an excuse. And then I was like, oh, Okay. So I never responded to the text. I blocked his number. I blocked him on Facebook. I blocked him on Instagram. I blocked him on Venmo. I blocked him on Snapchat. I blocked him on every conceivable. Blocked platform. him on Venmo in case he like wanted to send you five hundred dollars. <laughs> you don't case, want that money. I was I was like that's blood money. Um, so I <gasps> fully blocked this man. Um, I had I had one like seminar class with him, uh, junior year, and. He tried to act like we were friends, low key. No. And I was like, oh, no, we are not friends. And I'm not going to talk to you or be friendly towards you in any way. Because when I got that text at my uh, 
work study graphic design job, I had a full blown panic attack meltdown. Cause I was like, huh. I, I was like, I've been at the school in a strange land of Orange County for three weeks. And my, <gasps> and my, the only friend I have just completely dropped me along with like the nine other semi friends I had. So now I'm like lost at sea. <laughs> so now you're like, I have to go join a fraternity. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it was it, absolutely. It was, I keep saying this. It was insane. It was like, who is this guy? So in hindsight, one, obviously fuck him Two, I was in case you are listening to this in case this ever reaches his ears. Just FYI, I was not obsessed with you. I was a normal friend and you are just a narcissist who thinks that everyone is obsessed with you because I hate narcissists because I met your ex-girlfriend because she's friends with my friend who went to Occidental College and I got high with her and we talked about you and we talked about the sex that you had in your trunk got caught by a cop I know all of that and what you did to your girlfriend is exactly what you did to me you (gasps) thought she was obsessed with you you used your depression as an excuse to get out of friendship because you think you are God's gift to earth and you're Shut really up. not. You were Shut just, the fuck up. You were just a guy with a really nice jaw and really cool glasses. That's it. Mike, drop. Drop your $35 mic. You fuck him. Oh, my God. So in the, in the seminar class, I went up to the professor first day and I was like, hey, I was like, I'm really not like this, but I'm just letting you know that like. In case, I was like, in case we ever have to split into groups or something or anything where you want us to like work one-on-one with another student, I can't work with this. I can't work with this guy. Um, just FYI. I was like, I, I was like, I will not make a big deal out of it. I will be polite in class. I'm just letting you know, if you have us like break off into little groups, I won't be doing that. That's the difference between me and Nick. Because if I was in that situation, I would have been like, hey, professor. So I encourage you to schedule some group work or partner activities. I have mad beef with that dude there. Put me in a group with him. I want to be alone with him. I want to make this shit awkward and messy. You're like, hey, professor, um, if you have a cage that can fit two people (laughs) (laughs) and a taser on hand, just LMK. (laughs) If you want to do an experiment about what happens when two estranged people who had a really bizarre falling out are locked in a closet together with no electricity or bathrooms for 72 hours. I would like to volunteer me and Brian over there. Just in case you were like thinking of doing that. Like I am here. Oh my God. So the thing with me and friendship breakups. Sorry. Sorry. And the worst part was when it, when it happened in the moment I had just gotten from, I had just gotten out of my senior year of high school by the by the skin of my teeth (laughs) I just gotten through high school where I you know was like in love with a close friend of mine or I thought I was in love but I was like deeply bananas crazy for this guy um who probably knows who he is in case he's listening (laughs) but whatever and (laughs) hello and so I was very sensitive going forward just in life being friends with straight guys in general, because I was like, I do not want that to ever happen again. I do not want to get a crush on a straight guy. Cause that shit was crazy. It's happened a few times since then, but nothing as bad. Thank God. Liking straight men is nuts. 
liking straight men is the worst. Not something I wish on my worst enemy. Absolutely not. Um, Actually, it is. <laughs> we're going to get to your enemies real quick. But <laughs> the problem with me and my enemies is all of my breakups and all of my drama is like so deep, not to like be that person, but it's like so much that I don't even want to talk about it on the internet. Like, like I had a pretty bad falling out in 2017 with someone I've been friends with all through high school, all because I was like sleeping with this guy and I learned a year later. So I guess our falling out was in 2018. I like learned a year later that she too had been sleeping with him the whole time. Like at the same time. Yes. Okay. And there's, I know you've told me the story, but I always like the there's layers really, and layers to it that I just, it's, it's just weirdly complicated for, for like, I am um, like, I, I don't wish any ill for the sake of our listeners. <laughs> no, for her. I mean, I don't yeah. wish bad things on her. I don't mm-hmm. want her to like suffer or like pay or anything. And like for you that reason. You don't want to be locked in the cage with her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lock her in an emotional cage. Mm-hmm. I don't A metaphysical think she deserves cage. that. No. And it's like. I want to talk about this crazy shit because it's like, of course that would happen. But I'm like, no, you can leave the rest up to your imagination. Mm. Netherlands listener. <laughs> Jesus. I, I feel like we've do. abandoned New Zealand listener. We still love you. Hello. We got to find a new country every week to love. Mm. Well, every week we've had a new country pop up for some goddamn reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But I think, okay. For me, I feel like a common issue I have run into is there's like that one is the only like there was an incident and we had to end things (laughs) because this shit was not working Yeah, for the most part. Usually friend breakups aren't how they went with what I just described with that long ass text where it's like we are no longer friends. Or they are. It's usually it's usually just we stop Snapchatting each other. Okay, well, in my experience, what has happened on multiple occasions is we have stopped Snapchatting each other and, like, I am working two jobs and I'm busy as hell and there's other shit going on in my life and I'm just – I am too busy for a hot minute and then, bam, I get hit with a text out of nowhere that is seven paragraphs long about why I'm a bad person and now I have fucking PTSD from it lightly – no, I'm not speaking about one specific experience. What are you talking about, Nick? I would never I do such I didn't a thing. say you were. But actually, that's that's funny because what you just described, like, um, like my sister has told me that something similar happened where, like, some people, like, keep a tally of, like, things you've done that you shouldn't have or that bothered them. And then they find one specific moment to unleash it where they're like, well, on June 26th at 7.01 PM, I texted you this and this was your response. And that was really hurtful, which then led to this on July 3rd, blah, blah. And it's just like, Hey, why don't you address it in the moment instead of holding a tally and holding all those resentment in your heart? What the fuck? Hey, not to play the victim, but I do have anxiety. And if you wait a year to tell me all the times I've hurt you, that ship has sailed. Yes. And okay. Regardless of, regardless of your anxiety, there's obviously exceptions to this, but for the most part, you can't, if it's like a small, like I'm putting this in air quotes, but like if it's a small thing where you're like, 
you're like, well, I said this um, and you didn't really respond appropriately. It's like, hey, I'm sorry, but like 365 days ago, like I'm kind of a different person now. (laughs) That's a, a very good point. I just, I would so much rather, and I think you actually do a really good job of this. I think this is like a reason why we can like have a moment of awkwardness and then it passes is because you and I both, I think if I ever say something that upsets you, you're like, hey, that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, what the fuck? Stop being so sensitive. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And you're like, well, stop being a little faggot. (laughs) (laughs) I call you some slurs. I kick you and then we're good. Clary calls me a slur. I pee on her. We're even. (laughs) And those are our kinks. Call me a faggot while I piss on you. (laughs) (laughs) Azalea Banks has entered the chat. (laughs) We're going to see a random listener in some like very obscure country. And it's like her hiding out in a bunker somewhere listening to this podcast. If Azalea Banks listened to this podcast, I would do anything. She's in like the United Arab Emirates. Azalea, this is your chance. If you are listening, send us a sign by listening from the United Arab Emirates. (laughs) How did I just say that? Emirates? Emirates. Emirates. You said it correctly. Fuck yeah, dude. But no, I think that like that's something that I appreciate. That like if I hurt your feelings, you tell me immediately. Sometimes you're a little passive aggressive about it for a second, but then I force it out of you. I also like that you force it out of me because I'm, I hate confrontation so much. And I feel like we're, I feel like you and I are close enough that I should be able to just say like, Hey, that kind of hurt my feelings. And it shouldn't really be a big deal for either of us. If I do that, or if you do that, like we should be able to say that. And the other person should be like, okay, I'm sorry. I won't do that again and move on. But I hate conflict so much that I will avoid it. So I like that. You're just like, (laughs) what did I do? What did I do? (laughs) Because for the most part, like most people aren't even as self-aware as you are to know that they did something that hurt me. I'm not talking about anyone specific. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I am climbing the walls of that fucking castle right now. The castle of Nick's heart. I am clawing the snakes off my legs and I'm crawling up the wall. The wall's pretty slippery. So I know. Don't get your hopes up. (laughs) You might go sliding back down into the moat. Where you'll stay forever, slut. Um. <laughs> Sloot. Oh, God. You're not getting into my Mormon castle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if someone's calling you out because you did something to hurt their feelings, you should be uh, slightly uncomfortable. It's the same thing if someone calls you out for doing something problematic, like racist or homophobic or whatever. If you, Like, when I tell people, like, hey, that was kind of offensive, like, <laughs> like homophobic or whatever. When I tell people that... They should not like, well, when it, people are being racist against Nick, the white person. <laughs> and Nick's like, that did offend me as a white man. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck guys? What the fuck Jeff? So when, when someone calls you out, like being uncomfortable is a good thing because it's a sign of growth. I feel like on multiple occasions in high school, I had like friend groups that I am not friends with anymore. Not for any like falling out reasons, but just like, We're just not friends anymore. And I feel like there was a lot of times where we had to have a big like hash out where we like discussed our issues with each other and like laid everything on the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think of like 
when you get the paragraph text of all the reasons that you have hurt someone in the last year, it feels very high school to me. I would just, like, there was a fun, like, drama to it in high school, and it was like, today at lunch, we are all having a conversation, and we're just going to lay it all in at the table, like, all of our problems with each other. We're going to go around and just say what we hate about each other. I loved that shit. There was a drama. It's, there was a, like. The TikTok. <laughs> it's literally, the it was. Yeah. Yeah, but it was serious. It wasn't funny. It was like, it's the way. Oh, my God. It was awful. I could have avoided so much bullshit if I had just been like, hey, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that I've applied in my relationship, my romantic one. Here, I'm here mm-hmm. to give some relationship advice. Mm-hmm. I hate the culture of like, babe, what's wrong? Nothing. Everything's fine. Like that gross straight couple bullshit is disgusting. If I'm upset about something, I just say it. Like, I don't oh, like really. The way you you're said that a nice, thing. you're a mature person who doesn't want to play games well into their twenties. And sometimes I find myself being like, I should just be grumpy and make him like wonder what's wrong. And do you know how it's long e- that lasts? Because it's easy and it feels mm-hmm. good. No, not for me. <laughs> I let it last for ten seconds. I'm like, are you going to ask me what's wrong? Correct. No, and I'm like, well, I'm mad because. I am the most annoying person in the whole world, but it solves so much bullshit. Like I couldn't tell you like some things that have really been upsetting me about Ryan throughout our whole relationship because I dealt with them while they were happening. It's, I can't list. Like obviously the, like, some, obviously some issues are like going to take a while to like find a resolution. Yeah. But or, like, like people have like personality traits that like, or little things that will be annoying yeah, of course. You know, it's like, oh, well, he's doing that because he is this way. But like, that's just yeah. two humans coexisting. Yeah, but that's the small price you pay to be in a great relationship. I agree. Oh, But as far as like, I wish there were some things that were handled a little bit differently in front, like, or handled the same way. Whoa, what am I saying? I just wish some of that was applied to friendships. I feel like yes. there's, you yes. can nag your boyfriend, but you can't like nag your friends. Yeah. There are some weird invisible boundaries. Between, that are kind of stupid. Between a relationship and a friendship. And I think, I think they're stupid. And I'm not just talking about things you can do to a, your significant other that you can't do to a friend that are arbitrary, but also vice versa. Like a finger in the butt. <laughs> some things that you can do with friends that people don't do with their significant others. Yeah. Which also seem stupid. IMO something such as speaking as someone who has not been in a relationship um, to an extent, it bothers me that people prioritize rom- their romantic relationships over their friendships to a severe degree that harms their friendships. This is not at all about you because you literally don't do this at all. I've also been friends with you since you've been in a relationship. So I think I had good insight on that. And like, obviously it's different because Ryan and I live together. So it's like, I do spend like more time with him than I do with anyone else simply because a lot of that we are sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. You're also not going to be like, Oh, I'm actually hanging out with Ryan. Like you might be like that, but it's not like you're going over to Ryan's instead. Also, I really don't 
I have, okay, especially in high school, I lost myself to relationships a lot of the time. And I was like Mm. pretty lucky that I had friends when I got out of them that were like, hey, like we were waiting for you, you know? Yeah. Because when I got into this relationship, I was like, I knew that this was like a serious adult relationship. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And so like Mm -hmm. I make a point to have, I never want to be the person that's like, I bring my boyfriend to everything and we leave early because we need to go sit on the couch and watch a movie. Like I am trying so hard, like not so hard. It's not like it's actually difficult, but I am, (laughs) I actively make conscious effort. I mean, I'm making a conscious effort to use all of my one and a half brain cells Mm. and put effort into having relationships outside of my relationship. I want to like, have and I'd say you do a fairly like exceptional job of that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It does. Sometimes I'm hard. like, sometimes I'm like, oh, you should hang out with Ryan. <laughs> Look, my mom. She's oh, really? like, is Ryan coming? And I'm like, no, we do things separately. Oh, yeah. I would say you guys have for our age. I feel like I don't see too many people in like this mature of a relationship that you two are. Thanks. Yeah. I would say my biggest friendship problem, though, comes mm-hmm. from the fact that I have too many friends. And so that's tonight, all we got for today. <laughs> End tonight, of I will be letting five of you go. <laughs> like, I feel like... Check the I episode was, notes to see if you're there. It's like a call list you don't want to be on. Tie back. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, and if you did make the list... You are still in my life. If you didn't see the list, unfortunately, I do have to block your number. Um, I've just always been someone that made friends pretty quickly and like pretty well. I'm I'm a social person. I'm a social butterfly, whatever. And I've been really stressed out recently. I've been working full time for the first time, like actively since yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. And I feel like during COVID, like lockdown, lockdown, like while I was yes. unemployed and most other people were like working from home. My relationships were fucking thriving because I had nothing but time. So like I was texting and FaceTiming and like I was in constant contact yeah. with like- You and I became like very good friends. That's like how yeah. we became a, the, the birth of the podcast. Deadass. And so like going back to Thank work- Thank you, marijuana, weird. bathtubs, and Megan Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> An Apple FaceTime app- <laughs> Big shout out to the FaceTime app. Yeah. Shut Good up, Clarice. Okay. But as soon as I went back to work, I felt like I was already having a hard time balancing like being at work and maintaining my friendships. And then in like June, which was, oh God, it was probably only like three weeks, four weeks after my job had reopened and I'd gone back to work, I went through a pretty bad friendship breakup that like, if you are listening to this by any chance, I hope this is not the end for us. I would call it. Yeah. I, I hope this is merely a break. I re- I was talking to another friend about it and like, it's something I want to address when I have the like mental and emotional capacity yeah. because right now Can working I- seven days a week does not know. work with that. Yes. I, I was just going to say with this specific scenario that you're talking about, I would say like there seemed to be just like a lot of pain behind it. Yeah. And I feel like that 
despite being like really difficult in the moment is a sign that you do mean something to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I feel like the more you care about someone kind of the more it hurts when they hurt you. And so I feel like the thing with Brian, like he sent me that text and like I had my panic attack, but I blocked all, I blocked all of it. And he clearly wasn't in any pain over it. So I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to waste my time on you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I feel like in my situation, it like makes me really sad that I hurt someone and I don't want to flip this on me and then play the victim. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is things aren't situations like this are not all on one person one way or the other. And like I said earlier, there's always more to it than, you know, yeah. you know, there's literally no way she's listening to this. I feel like there, wouldn't that be funny if she was I'm like, Hey, <laughs> she's like, we like go to talk about it in like in person. And she's like, yeah, I listened to your stupid podcast. She's like, I listened to episode six and you're like, did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> what if you dead us? You were just like, that was about someone else. And she's like, what? And you're like, a very similar thing happened like a week later. <laughs> I'm like, I got both of your texts within the hour. It was rough. You're like, I thought it was coordinated. <laughs> I think mainly because some of the things that like I had done that had hurt her were things that I feel like are a little out of my control as far as mm-hmm. like how much I can give to a friendship some of the time. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, oh God, I hate being, I just really don't like begging for someone. And it felt like that's what I needed to do. And I had, like, we both are just so stubborn too. And I was like, (laughs) I don't want to beg to be your friend. And it it is literally the most fucked up convoluted situation, but. Friendships where one person. It's it's just so hard. It's like probably, you know. Not that I'm not saying that that's what this is. But no. That's if a, you just FYI, if you're in a friendship or a relationship where you're like, I'm trying so hard to get this person to be my friend, get the fuck out. It's such I, a waste ooh, of time. Maybe that's where this is what my biggest problem with this is, is that I feel like in romantic relationships, I begged people to love me for so long. So the prospect of having to beg someone else, because I feel like pretty secure that I will never have to beg Ryan to love me. Oh my God, I think I'm figuring this whole situation out as we record. I feel like the prospect of having to like- New podcast name, therapy. <laughs> oh God. Two and girls, I, like, one therapy. Beg a friend to like let me be in their life is so overwhelming that I'm like, throw the whole thing out. I can't deal with it. And it's also I would someone- never- I would never ever want any of my friends to feel like they have to beg me to be their friend. I don't think she wants me to, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying she no, is. No, 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 I know. But just like for clarification, yeah. I don't think she never said like, I need you to beg me to be <laughs> no, in my course. life. But I, I know that like one of her biggest things was that she like wants me to change some things and like expects she wants to have like expectations of me. And I'm like, that is so much pressure that I can't even begin to have the conversation because I'm so scared. I'm going to fuck it up. And that will send me into a literal nervous breakdown. And that Mm -hmm. is like, just 
uh, that's too much. Especially right now at this point in my life, I'm like, I can't have a set of expectations at this point. You have to know who I am and like, you kind of have to take it or leave it. Like if I say something that upsets you, like I make a bad joke or like Mm -hmm. push a button, please tell me, but I can't follow a list of expectations outside of like some pretty general stuff. You can't just be, you can't being a friend isn't about just being friends with someone when they're acting exactly how you want them to. You also have to be a friend when they're doing stuff that's pissing you off. Yeah. And it, or, and, it su- and it sucks, but like the good friends will recognize that you're doing it and they'll thank you for it later. Of course. But just one of my friends is very, very anxious and overwhelmed right now. And like not being a good communicator and not being like very supportive of me at the moment, unfortunately. Is and, it me? <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> if I was like, and she's here. <laughs> Claray, what's good? <laughs> No. <laughs> Am I no. the Miley to your Nikki? God. Um, Was that Nikki Minaj who said that? Yes. <laughs> Nikki to Miley. I just have a friend who's very overwhelmed right now and isn't being the best friend that they have been in the past. And it's that's obviously hard for me because I'm also needing support right now. But ultimately, you can't expect anyone to be 100%, 100% of the time. Nick, that sounds pretty much exactly because that's that's basically what I was going to say about my thing yeah. with my friend breakup is that like a lot of the problem stemmed from me not being able to be there for them well enough. And I feel like that is part of friendship. And I feel like you can't make it a competition of like these people were here for me in the right ways and these ones weren't. These ones aren't my friends. I feel if I, like if I can say one thing that to be a takeaway for this entire conversation is that friendships are not transactional. Friendships are not a business. You should not treat a friend the way you treat like a business. Like you might, you might, you might give and give and give and you might receive less, but you can't be like, well, I gave you this much and you gave me this much. You can't compare things because it's just not how it works within reason. Of course, there are always exceptions. <laughs> I think also if you need something more from someone, you have to ask. And especially if it's me that you need something from, you have to ask in a way that isn't, you hurt me. You need to do this better. You need to, you should please ask in a way that is like, Hey, I really need this from you. Not like this is a test. Do you even want to be my friend? Don't phrase it as this is a problem. Phrase it as a, are you able to be there for me in this way? And then perhaps I might say, hey, I'm actually really fucking going through it myself. Not really. I'm sending love, but I'm not always going to like be able to give great advice or like be a shoulder to cry on because I might be crying on my own fucking shoulder. Goddamn. Friends aren't on call therapists. Friends aren't therapists, period. And you should not treat your friends as therapists. Friends also aren't mind readers. Friends are also not mind readers. So you have to, and neither are your therapists. Um, (laughs) But yeah, me on my first day of therapy, just staring at the therapist. (laughs) And she's like, like, diagnose me. She's like, client is mute. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, so can you tell me about your childhood? And I'm like, "Uh, and you're just uh, like, I'm just buzzing. (laughs) 
Mm. I'm in the room. <laughs> Claire, you like, have to respond she now. Speak. <laughs> she has one brain cell. Um, I feel like that's all I wanted to say about friendship breakups. I feel like I've had so many other situations and like I really <laughs> would like to move past having dramatic breakups and falling outs. Mm-hmm. I want if any if any of my eight billion friends are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, eight, not all eight billion of them are <laughs> based on our numbers. Get your fucking shit together. I please don't bombard me with texts of things I have done that have hurt you. Holy I crap. would love to just open a conversation or like in the moment. Just just tell me in the moment. Tell me in the no. moment or tell me if you need something more from me. I don't like ultimatums. I would say within. I am sensitive. As bit. someone who is very not confrontational. And I also, I take a long, I don't know if it's a long time, but I feel like I take a while to figure out how I feel about something or a situation or you do. something that someone said. It takes me a second. So if you ask me, like, if you, like, if you said something that potentially hurt my feelings and then immediately are just like, Oh, is that okay? Like, are you, are you upset? Like I will not have an accurate answer for you in the moment. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, when I'm saying like, when you say in the, me moment, in the moment, I I'm mean, like, like within the week. <laughs> yes. I mean, don't wait a year. Don't yeah, wait a month. Cause I have, you have seven days to tell me if I hurt <laughs> your feelings and then it's done. It's void. It doesn't matter anymore. That's our case. And your that's feelings our, don't fucking matter. That's our return policy. And well, no, that's actually ties into something <laughs> to our eventual sexual assault episode. Oh, but when I, needed to tell someone or I needed to talk with someone about something that they did to me. I obviously didn't want to do that at all. So I was going to stall about it, but I also needed to figure out how, how did I feel about it? I was like, I need to talk to my therapist about this. And I need to talk to my friends about this to figure out like what I even want to say, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, so I did it like within the week, but you know, it's really hard to, and this is something I struggle with my parents too, is like things that happen in my childhood that are affecting me now. I'm just like, well, what's fair game for me to kind of bring up and like talk? I about think them, you know? parent child stuff or like obviously assault different. in any way is slightly <laughs> different. If it's like, hey, you, you weren't a say. good friend. I feel like that's just different territory. If it's like, hey, yes. dad, you traumatized me. Not you, John. Shout out, John. Yeah, we love him. We really do. He said my ceiling looked good. But like, I mean, there's a difference. Like that's, that's just something different than like, I wouldn't text a childhood. I wouldn't go text the shark club and be like, Hey, you guys actually really fucking ruined my life. We need to talk about this, you know? Yeah, Cause you didn't even realize they existed until like last week. Yeah. Well, that's a separate thing. <laughs> hey guys, I had some recovered trauma that apparently I should be traumatized by the fuck. So when I texted you and I was like, I want to talk about friendship breakups. I had one specific one in mind that I actually have. Yeah, let's wrap yet. this up. Um, and I don't want that. I kind of don't want to give too many details about the story because this is still a person I like very much value. Whether or not we will be friends again in the future, this is still someone I like value as someone who was like important to me at a, in a period of time. You know, listen to how 
respectfully you talk about this. And when I was talking about my situation, I was like, eh, hope of friends again. I don't know. <laughs> like, no wonder Zip she doesn't want to be my fucking friend. God, no wonder she was like, Clara, you're an absolute piece of shit friend. You need to step up your game and be there for me emotionally and stop doing that weird voice. And you're just like, honestly, I just had a really painful laser hair removal that day and I just couldn't be there for you. Like, I have problems too. <laughs> Nick, it's like you were there when we had the conversation. Oh my God. So I don't want to like, I also don't really have anything like terribly mean to say about this person. Okay. Honestly, it's not like, because we didn't have a big ass text breakup or anything like that. Mm. Like nothing happened. Yeah. It was simply she was a very bad friend at a time that I needed someone there for me. And it could not have been clearer. Nick is about to be like, there was a person, a place, a time, and And an event. (laughs) We are no longer friends, and I hope we will be again one day. The end. Kind of the worst part is that nothing specific happened other than she wasn't there for me. And we just kind of stopped talking. And then we kind of talked a little bit. She did apologize to me one time I do would I would like to give her credit (laughs) yeah um she messaged me a year later and said hey pal I just wanted to apologize for being selfish and harsh when when xyz and also for not reaching out sooner I don't think that I handled things in the best way and I'm sorry for that so in terms of what actually happened to lead to us no longer being friends she did apologize for that and I do appreciate that but I'm still very sad that she's not currently in my life. And yeah, um, it's possible that we will be friends again, but just at the moment we're not. And it's just kind of weird. And like, we're on happy birthday terms, you know, you know, those people where you only wish them happy birthday. Yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It makes me sad. And I, don't have any real anger or resentment towards her either. Um, but that's kind of the worst. <laughs> it w- Yeah. That's the thing. It, I feel like it would be easier. Being angry if, is easy. <laughs> it would be easier if I was angry or if I was like, you did this and that sucked, but it's like, you didn't really do anything. You, you didn't do a lot of things though. And yeah. So now like there's always a part of me that wants to like reach out to her and talk and just kind of like dive into it a little bit and just kind of break it down so we can just like move forward. But like, I don't even know where I would start with that or how, or if she, I don't know even, you know, I don't know if she's interested in being friends with me again either. You know, she might not be. And that's also totally fine. So it's just a weird place to be in. From the perspective of someone who's had like the drift away friendship breakups. Mm-hmm. There, when you know it's your fault <laughs> that you're the uh-huh. one drifting, yeah, there comes a really awkward moment, at least for me, there did, where I was like, shit, I need to talk to this person or these people, and like, I'm being a shitty friend. I will do it when like I'm in the right headspace, and then that never comes. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's been years, and you're on happy birthday terms, and you're like, fuck, what did I do? And then shit is weird. So, like, it takes. 
Basically, I feel like those kind of friendship breakups obviously hurt so different. And like, I kind of feel like that is what I did to my person on some level. And like, that makes me feel terrible. And like, I feel like now I'm living with this pressure of like, I'm scared that if we do become friends again, it's just going to happen again because this isn't our Mm -hmm. first breakup. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I can go through all these heavy fucking emotions for the third time. (laughs) Understandably. Because the first time it was like a weird, awkward, your situation where I just kind of stopped talking to her for like, Basically no reason. I basically got busy being a senior in high school, which is stupid. But like I got busy. I got distracted. I had a gay boyfriend. I had priorities. We're distracting. I'm kidding. You are distracting, baby. But. You never have to tell me I'm kidding. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I always know. Oh, baby. But that fear is just so much. And now I'm like it's just, it's exhausting. And I feel like the pressure is going to be on and everything I do is going to be like extra scrutinized if we're friends again. Mm-hmm. And like, that is so much pressure that I'm like, I'd like to take an eternal nap. You saying that wasn't your first friendship breakup reminded me. It wasn't the first time with mine either. Interesting. <laughs> what was the first time? Like, was it a similar thing or was it a fight? <laughs> You can be as this, vague as you want. This happened junior year of high school and we were very young and I do not hold this against her because we were young and it's in the past and it's whatever. Um, but she did, she, um, long story short, she outed me to when I explicitly told her not to. Um, I sent Interesting. her, a t- I sent her a text saying, I'm like, I actually haven't come out yet and I want to be the one to tell her because I don't want me to find out from someone else because one, that's not, that's not anyone else's to tell, but mine Two, my best friend. I don't want her to find out from someone that's not me because that would really hurt her that I told yeah. someone else before her or not even that she would no, 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 no. It's not that I told someone before her that I was worried about. I was worried that she's like, why doesn't Nick feel comfortable enough to tell me? Yeah. That makes sense. That's why I didn't. And this person screenshotted that text and sent it to and said, LOL. Do not ask me to explain it. I don't know what went through her head to do that. Whoa. I mean, so I sat, so I sat with this friend at cafe. Yum. And I was like, what the fuck? And I said, Hey, that was really not okay. Here's why it's not okay. She was like crying. And I was like, I was like, I understand that, you know, you fucked up, but I need a break from this friendship. So I took like a three month break. Yeah. And then she and I went to see the Hobbit together and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that was the first friendship breakup, which is a much more tangible thing, uh, for me to be upset about, but yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. I completely forgot about it until we started talking about it, but it We're sucks. Like I, I, there, there isn't like a guide on friendship breakups. You know, I feel like relationship breakups, you everywhere you turn, there's advice on it. Mm-hmm. 
But with this, it's just it. As someone who has not been in a relationship, I feel like it almost hurts more. It hurts different. Yeah. It feels like you can't grieve it the same way. It's not the like, Mm. you eat chocolate and watch sad movies. It's like you process some really hard feelings about something one of you did that hurt the other one, you know? Yeah. You look at pictures and you get really sad. (laughs) You talk to like your mutual friends and you try to like figure it out. But like, Mm -hmm. ugh, this made me want to call my person. (laughs) same and it sucks because it's like what you said earlier about like begging to be someone's friend Mm -hmm. I always kind of felt like I had to beg to be this person's friend and I I didn't until now from reference yeah and I didn't one realize it really at the time but two I don't know I don't I'm not sure if that's anyone's fault I don't know yeah you know it's just like sometimes that's the dynamic and there's not too much you can do about it well so thanks for listening to the least funny episode we've done so far god damn (laughs) god the beginning had some funny parts um anyways no i just that's this has i I feel like this has been a very good conversation though like this has been interesting and it's also no i feel like realize some things (laughs) same i feel like much to think about you know yeah and If you're bleep or bleep, give us a call. I think we might be ready to talk. Yeah. Not if you're Brian. Fuck you. Um. Oh, yeah. Brian. (laughs) Fuck you, Brian. Fuck that. What would you do if he texted you right now and was like, hey, man. From a a blocked number. (laughs) I'd be like, I'd be like, did you get a new phone to text me? (laughs) Because that's (laughs) that's fucking pathetic. What if he called you from a burner? From a payphone. He was like, I found the last payphone in Los Angeles. I miss you. My life went downhill since we stopped being friends. What would you do? Would you drive to him and kiss him in the rain? I would literally hang up. Good. I'd say, I don't know why you're calling me. And I would hang up. And again, the difference between me and Nick is I would drive to him and then like say something really mean. Because I love the drama. You're messy. Messy? I'm messy, Gemini. See, I'm messy with weird shit like that. Like, I would never do messy shit when it came to, like, the current one that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I would never, like... Because that is... Try a, to hang out. That's a and, longer friendship. It's a bit more serious, you know? Yeah, and, like, the circumstances around us not being friends are, like, a little more sensitive and, like, serious and not, like... I got a text out of nowhere saying, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, which <laughs> oh, you like, didn't. <laughs> obviously like at the time yeah, you like, didn't get that text and Brian laugh. St- Brian started the messiness. So <laughs> I would say that now you can look back and like make a joke about it. Oh, absolutely. This whole it podcast. Was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So Nick. Don't do Hilo it. Don't Hero. do it. Oh, she did it. She did it. She did it. <laughs> I was taking my boobies out. That's oh what God. he was referring to. Um, my high. <sighs> my high was your deep sigh right there. That was cute. Thank you. Uh, my high was processing all this. Um, I feel like this That's is something funny. I don't really talk about with too many people. Um, I don't know why, but whatever. So it was kind of nice to talk about. 
my low was your recording <laughs> continuing to stop for whatever reason. Fucking hell. Guys, we do need to get Chloe a new computer. Um, yeah, we really do. And just four hundred and ninety nine more dollars, and I will be there. My hero. It's a toss up between Jeff and Mormon Ben. <laughs> oh God, you stole mine. That's not very nice. No, go ahead. We can have the same hero. It's fine. Our shared hero, Mormon Ben. <laughs> I would say. My high, yeah, honestly, like I feel like I've made some strides. I feel like I've been kind of in a weird rut about this little breakup situation. And I feel like I made some like actual progressive strides towards like what could hopefully be me, like a recon- making amends. Reconciliation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, because right now it is, the ball is in my court to. Really? I think so. Okay. Even though I told her otherwise, I think. The truth is, it is my decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing her, I think that's what she would like. <laughs> however, wh- not however, what? Am I on drugs? Yes. I, yeah, I think that was, I think it was nice to kind of go through that, processing that at least with like someone who isn't directly involved in the situation <laughs> and who isn't Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> you of know? Yeah. Because everyone I've talked to about it has been like, they were like related. Mm-hmm. Um, my low, <laughs> my low, my low, my, oh my God. Am I like actually having a stroke? Oh, <laughs> this happens Jesus. every episode. <laughs> I feel like I'm putting on like, a spot. My high, my high, my high. Am I okay? <laughs> every episode. <laughs> this is what I'm like in interviews. <laughs> Amazing. I always forget, I black out. I forget what we talked about. And then I'm like, fuck, what the hell was the low point in my life? Dear God, I need to center myself. I would say that my low was in fact talking about state lesbian conference and thinking about that special Starbucks drink. No one needs the defying gravity. And you yes, know, Nick? I can literally see it now. It's like a matcha frappuccino with like- uh-huh whipped cream and like black sprinkles. I was going to say like cookie crumbles on top. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you Starbucks in Salem. <laughs> Fuck that downtown Salem Starbucks. Yeah. Fuck Salem in general. That place has a fly issue. There are flies everywhere in Salem. Does Have you noticed really? that? No. I. Well, before I went to state the first time, Sophie was like, Salem's really gross. There are a lot of flies. And I was like, Sophie, it stopped recording again. <laughs> I hope they slip in that water and die. Mm-hmm. Dance. <laughs> Send us a. <laughs> if you have a video of you doing an interpretive dance to a friendship breakup, please send it my way. <laughs> At Nick Curl. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the room. <laughs> also, deadass, if you are a listener who is not from the United States and like listening outside, please, I want to know so much about you. <laughs> How did you find this show? Why are you listening? Do you have do you have a friendship breakup in French? <laughs> is it different when it's in French? <laughs> yeah. You guys are just so wild over there. It's like baguette and beret. Um, 
Remember to spit. No, wait, no. Swallow. Don't spit. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is executive produced by Clare Smith and Nick Curl. Editing this episode from Clare Smith and Nick Curl. Sound mixing by Nick Curl. Music this episode from Anabolic Beats. Two Girls, One Brain Cell is produced in association with Haha Productions. If you could please subscribe and rate us five stars, that would really help these two broke bitches out. You can follow Clare on Instagram at thegreasetrapqueen, and you can follow Nick on Instagram at nickcurl. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at BrainCellGirls. And check out our website while you're at it, www.braincellgirls.com.